I'm going to have to get used to the fact that you guys uh, pretty much don't edit. <laughs> yeah, we don't edit at all now. So I'll you know, edit some things, but not sometimes. Occasionally, I try not. No Seth to. level editing. Yeah. No, I try not to unless I I'm have, have to. to watch myself. Well, it'd be fine. Whatever happens, happens. You know, I will sort of. You know, if something really bad happens, I'll, I'll edit it out. You know, but I'll try not to unless I have to. I just don't have time anymore. Here, wait, you know? Rob, don't say that bad word. Oh, I've got to edit that out with the sound effect of a coin. God! <laughs> yeah, it'll be get fine. It? I, was, I was saying a bad word. All right, I, I get it. I think I get it. <laughs> Rob, you ready? I'm ready. Stuart, you ready? Are you ready, Rob? Of course, I'm always ready. Oh, wait. Are you ready, Duke? <laughs> Apparently not. Welcome, yo, to the veteran gamers. Juju, Jimmy, and the fellas will tell you about every single game that you're playing this week. Really? News, reviews, and an indie pick. Wow, wow, he's a very nice. Here comes Duke with the soundbite saviors. The interesting thing about that is... It's the veteran gamers. Hello and welcome to show 242 of the Veteran Gamers Podcast. There you go. 242, front 242, spy vs. spy. Never stop, never stop. Now... As you noticed in our intro, it says uh, Stu Duke Chinny, doesn't it? Ah, uh, not this time it ain't. Not this time, mum, because he's off doing something in Devon. What a hoser. I know, yeah. It's terrible. It's just like, you know, I'm beginning to think he's a bit of a waste of space, really. Yeah, no doubt. You know, I don't want to say anything disparaging or nasty about him, but like... Front 242, baby. Never stop. There you go. He just can't be asked to turn up. You know what I mean? He's a loser. I, mean, I, I guess he's like flying his fancy new drone around somewhere. And there's no other time he could be doing that? Please. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Probably. You know, could he, I mean, why does he have to go all the way to Devon? He could just do it in his back garden, surely. Yeah, he's just a loser. He's a loser. <laughs> What a good song. Yeah, it is a good song. Yeah, anyway, we have somebody in his place. Yeah, someone much better, to be, to be Somebody's honest. Somebody's much better. Who's yeah. that? Here, wait, let me give you a drum roll. Hello. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go. Bloody hell, fireman. What was all that about? Welcome, Verbal Rob. Yay. All right, fellas. Oh, there you go. He does speak. Who knew? Rarely, but yeah, I, I do occasionally. He just had to prompt him. <laughs> Verbal Rob, speak. Yeah, to be honest, he was the 15th person I tried before I got someone, so, you know. Oh, I man. guess that might be the case. A little sharp, know, just busy. <laughs> not, not that I had a hierarchy order in which I, like, you know, tried to get people to, to fill in for Chini. Well, you know what? I'd rather have Rob here than anybody else because he and I can just talk about Minecraft all day and hell with everyone <laughs> oh, else. Oh, God. Anyway, it was a joke, by the way. It was a joke. You, you were, you were actually, I'll be honest, you were the second person I tried. But I kind of sort of was, 
was both both people are hasting to other off the Boss Wave podcast. So oh, oh. So well, it's good to have you on board, Rob. It's good to be here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just if you're wondering, it was Chris. You know. <laughs> Just keep digging that hole for you. I know, I am, I am. I'm trying to move on. But he, he, he was at some music festival or something. He wasn't camping. Well, he's a loser, too. No, he said, he, no, well, I guess he might be camping if he's at a music festival. He's always camping. Yeah, yeah he's probably camping. You know, he's probably digging duty. a hole. <laughs> Call of Duty camping. He's, he's probably he's probably digging a hole to take a dump as we speak. All right, <laughs> so moving with, on. Let's... With a dot, a dot leaf to wipe his ass. Let's with. talk about some video games. No, no, I've got something else to talk about. <laughs> oh, <first>. snap. <laughs> My favorite time. Uh-huh. It's story time. Story, story time. Ah, oh, Clem. Ah. Oh. Little Clem. Uh, anyway, yes, uh, story time, kind of, kind of. But, um, yes, uh, film education of my daughter is still ongoing. Oh, yeah, huh? Still ongoing. I, I thought uh, we would try a, a sort of sort of scurry film this week. Yeah, huh? Sort of scary. You know, because she's 12, you know, so she's getting a bit older. So I thought we'd try something with a bit more kind of edge. Poltergeist is a good movie for that age. Human Centipede? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, 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 no. And not the Poltergeist. Poltergeist is still a bit sort of near the I remember seeing that around that age, and I thought it was... No, but there's... You see, overall, it wouldn't be too bad, apart from the bit where the dude goes in the toilet and scrapes his face Oh, it's a bunch of weird, scary stuff, but um, I felt like it was supernatural and whatever. Anyway, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, then? No, no, I'll give you some clues. Streetcar Named Desire? No, no. It's it, it involves a handheld camera. Scarface? No. Blair Witch Project? No. No, not that scary. Um, well, that's a bit boring, field. to be honest. Yes, well done. <laughs> yeah, so a bit of Cloverfield. I thought I'd give it a whirl and see how she got on with that. The Duchess thinks you should show Millie Henry and June. That's appropriate what for the children. Hell? What the hell is Henry It's a and very June? sex-filled movie. Oh, yeah, that sounds just the thing. I know, right? How could you even suggest something like that, Duchess? Terrible. For a second there, I got it confused with Terry and June. I don't know what that is. Do you know know what the weird thing is? Do you know what the weird thing is? In my head now, I've got an image of Duke and the Duchess watching a sex film together, and it just seems weird. Well, Henry and June is also like a movie about life and writing and other things, but whatever. Anyway, how did your daughter like Cloverfield? Was she freaked out? Uh, she was actually most of it. She was kind of okay with it. Yeah. Did she like she it? Was kind of okay. Yes, she did. Yeah. I liked Cloverfield. Like I thought it was a good movie. Yeah, it is good. The only the only bit she sort of got a bit freaked out at was. Uh, yeah. Well, it does. You don't actually see it. That's but even worse. It, it would be better if you did see it. Yeah. You know what happened? Uh, and at that point, she had the cushion firmly in front oh, of her yeah. face. Because uh, it builds. That's the thing, man. They do a good job building. Well. I think well the best bit of it is when the camera turns to her and oh, yeah. she's got and she's going I'm not feeling well and there's blood pouring out of her eyes oh, and you're like yeah. yeah that doesn't look good. Oh. My, my girlfriend hates that film. Really? Does she? Why? She's um, quite a large arachnophobe and those little What's sort of spidery it? things. Have you she, watched the movie Arachnophobia? Um, I have not watched that and oh, she certainly won't. Well, she won't want to see it, but it's a very good movie. It's got John Goodman in one of his best roles. Like, Actually, that would be, be a good Goodman. film for Millie. It is a good movie because it's creepy, but it's not. Yeah. I mean, it's scary, but it's not like terrifying. It's not. It's not gory. No, or anything, it's not gory. Is it? 
definitely. But it is creepy and scary. Yeah, so I'll try that next. Yeah, give it a shot. See what she thinks. I saw a movie called Boyhood. That movie is amazing. Have y'all heard about this? So I have. Do you know? Do you know what's weird though? That is one of the first films I've ever seen on Rotten Tomatoes. Is that has still got a hundred percent on it? It so deserves it. It's amazing. Rob, have you heard about this? It's the Richard Linklater thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. If you don't know, Richard Linklater um, did Dazed and Confused and um, Waking Life and Slacker and a bunch of other good movies. And he cast this kid at the age of like five. And like every year, he just got the cast together and they filmed a little more. And it takes place over like twelve years. It's unbelievable. You've got to see this movie at some point in your life. It's it's not just an interesting experiment because we've seen movies where characters age through computer graphics or whatever, but it's also a very good story and it's so heartfelt and authentic. It's just magnificent. It may be his best movie and that's saying something. I think the other cool thing about that is that all the rest of the cast age as well. well it's yeah. not just the kid, is it? Yeah, and it's got Patricia Arquette and Ethan Hawke and it's just beautiful, just beautiful. Because it was filmed, was it over 12 years? I think it was over 12 years, wasn't yep. it? And it's it's a long movie. Like We we went in at like 6.30, and we got out at 9.15, and we we're like, oh my god, that's a long-ass movie. Now, a lot of that was previews and stuff, but still, it was like, oof. Takes you- yeah, no. I do want to see it. I do want to see it, because like, you know, like you say, I've seen some good reviews for it, you know, yeah. and it's... Uh, Probably well worth watching. Yep. Um, Rob, we've got a TV, we've got a TV show over in the UK, a bit like that. Oh yeah, huh? Coronation yeah. Street. I heard about that. No, no, it's called Child of Our Times. Oh yeah, huh? there you go. Well, there there's you a documentary series called like Eight Up or something, which follows. Yeah, yeah. I've seven seen up. That, but seven up. It. Yeah. Yeah. It was, well, they've just had on Fifty Six Up recently. Oh yeah, huh? They yeah. I want to see that because it's sort of the same yeah. idea, but. Well, Child of Our Times is similar. Basically, they got all, like, I think it was about 15 kids who were born in the year 2000. The year 2000 is right and around then, the corner. And then every year they filmed them, and then the BBC got a bit bored with it, so I think it's been axed now. Whoops. But those were documentaries about, like, real-life things, weren't they? Rather- yeah, yeah, they were real kids, and they just kind of filmed these kids to see what happened to them. Yeah, so it was interesting this film was actually a... Um, it was a written... Yeah, it's a fiction story, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a yeah, fictional story. It's a good fictional story, too. That's the thing. I went in expecting just to be impressed. I mean, I, I know, Virtual Linklater's great, but sometimes he misses the mark a little bit, but this does not. Like, this, they did a very good job with the story and the characters and everything. But speaking of the year 2000... Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Rob, what's the last movie you saw that was really good that you recommend? Um, well, we went to the cinema this week to watch Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was a lot of fun. It's good. I have not seen it yet, but I will, I'm sure, before long. We saw Mandela this weekend, too. That was also excellent. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm singing Idris Elba one. Yeah. He does an amazing job. There's nothing that man can't do. But the funny thing is, we're going in to see Boyhood in the theater or the cinema, and we see this poster for some stupid thriller movie with him in it, and it's like the tagline says, like, first he gets into your house, then he gets into your head. And we're like, what the f- what are you doing? Good God, I know actors gotta act, but come on. Money. Ugh, I guess. Money talks. Yeah, over here he's just doing commercials for Vodafone. Is he really? Yeah. 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 Man. See, when you're, a start, when you're starting out, I get that. You know, you need money, I'll look the other way, but he's an established actor. He's got a lot of credit. No, I we see the way around. Those before he got to this level he's at now. So 
It's the other way around, though. Once you get to his age, you know, you've got to take what comes. I guess. It just breaks my heart to see Denzel Washington in one stupid thriller movie after another. It's like, come on, man. Someone give this man a good part. Usually they do adverts in Japan or something like that. Where yeah, you, exactly. You know, nice. Yeah. 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 Anyway, That's video games. <laughs> so, yes, video games. Well, I, mean, I guess as I guess I guess as we've got a guest, uh, we should let Rob kick us off really with you know what the hell he's been up to this last week yeah go ahead or, Rob. Well, or last last four years because he's never really been on before are you talking about video games well certainly last week i've mostly been playing fallout new vegas oh yes oh yeah recent game oh, yeah. beautiful i'm glad i invited him on now <laughs> is this the first time you played it um well i started playing it probably um, about a month or so ago um, huh. Minecraft got in the way a bit in the middle. Yeah. But um, yeah, it I, it was quite a long time since I played Fallout Three. Yeah. And I, for some reason, I always put off playing New Vegas. You and Chinny both. Yeah, there's just something I like. Once I'd spent so long in Fallout in the Fallout Three world. Do you um, think that, that might be part of the reason? Like, I know I'm going to get lost in this game, and I'm nervous about spending that much time in it. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I'd spent so much time in the world. I mean, I really enjoyed Fallout 3. It was absolutely fantastic. Oh, sure. But um, I, I just felt like I couldn't just go straight back into it. Yeah. And, yeah, so it was quite a long time. Also, I got it for the PC, so I didn't have to worry about all of the various bugs on the PS3. You just had to worry about the PC bugs. Yeah, which I've had various ones. Yeah, that thing where you can't load it when you first started up? Uh, yeah, I just had that today. It scared yeah, the hell out of me. Yeah. You had to start a new game and then load it once it's loaded. No, I didn't even have that. It wouldn't. The whole thing wouldn't load up. Oh, that sucks. So yeah, and I uninstalled it, reinstalled it. Oof. Still, still wouldn't load up, and so I just left it there. And then after about ten minutes, it just actually started. It's just so temperamental. Like I don't yeah. want to start right now. So are you, are you playing on PC then? Yeah. All right, installed okay. any mods? No, I haven't actually. Um, it's probably a good idea to play it through without mods the first time, and then yeah, I also don't want to risk it with how flaky what? it is. Yeah, sure. But it's a good game. Have you got a sense of which way you're going to go with the options? To be honest, I don't really play them properly with these ones because oh, yeah. they they're so big, and I'm always worried about. Um, I well, with all of these games, I only really play through them once, and I like to be able to do everything. Gotcha. Um, and so I'm always worried I'll, I'll like pick a certain choice, and then it'll completely scrub off a whole load of things that i would have actually wanted to do yeah so i end up just researching it to make sure that i do what i i want to do gotcha which probably ruins it but I well, can't whatever. It. so do you have you chosen a side to fight for um well i'm not going to be going with uh what well, caesar's legion although they Good. keep calling him kaiser yeah i like that i think that's funny they don't even know how to say his name yeah There's, uh, yeah i think i think it's weird actually because i played Fallout 3 on the 360, and I nearly finished it. And then I got rid of my 360 and all the games that I had with it when I got my PS4, so I never got to the end of it. And then I had bought New Vegas and barely ever played it. So, I don't know, it's weird, really. I played about probably about a couple of hours of New Vegas, and that was kind of it. Really? That's Kaiser right there? I know, yeah. Which, in a, in a Fallout game, is, is kind of nothing. It's like 10 minutes, really, isn't it? It's about it? as much as you played Skyrim. 
<laughs> no, I've played 35 hours of Skyrim. Like That's I a said, little two bit. Two hours, 35 hours. <laughs> much of a... it's, it's nothing. <laughs> it's still, a, it's still a, a niche on the back of an elephant, exactly. isn't it? You know, it's, it's nothing. Nothing. But it, it didn't turn you off, did it, Stu? You just didn't get captivated the same No, I, yeah. I don't know what it is. I, I should just stop playing RPGs and open world games. The only ones I kind of finish are really heavily story driven stuff, like, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mass Effect, I guess. I hear you know, but but when I get round to big open world stuff, I don't know. I just sort of play it for a while, and then it's like, oh, something else come along. I mean, the story is into like new games, I do, but I've been quite good this year. I must admit, I've been trying to not buy too many new games, and in a way, kind of Destiny. And I'm still undecided whether I'm going to go for Destiny or not. It's coming out soon, isn't it? It is, it is, but also is the vanishing of Ethan Carter, which is kind of more my bag, really. So, I don't know, I don't know. I feel like if I get Destiny, I'll probably like it, but then will I get enough value out of it? Um, Do you know what I mean? Will I play it for long enough to feel like I've got my money's worth? Well, I suppose you just have to compare it to some other games, like like the Uncharted's, where you can play them for eight hours and have them finished. I know, I know, but I kind of enjoy that better somehow because I know that I'm going to get, there's an ending and I'll get it. It's interesting because I actually was thinking about this recently. I think I've gotten more interested in games that allow me to play in small chunks that don't maybe have just one ending. You know, Skyrim, New Vegas, even Minecraft. Like, I can play them a little bit, put them down, go back. Kingdoms of Amalur, I know it has an ending in the main story, but there's so many other little stories along the way that I think I've gotten more interested in those types of games these days. I think I like games... I don't I don't mind long games. I, in, most of my favorite games have been really long games. But I like them to have an ending. I like to, I like to know that I can get to the end finish it and then just move on to something else which is one of the reasons why i tend to stay away from like the things like warcraft and all of that kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah because i mean those things you really do play forever I mean, what, what uh, skyrim i played that for ages but oh, yeah. as soon as as soon as i got to the point where i felt like i'd done everything i wanted to do that was it i just i ended it i didn't i wouldn't go back and play it again and do other stuff mm, i would <laughs> Well, let me let me ask you this, Duke. Let me ask you this question. Yes. If if they brought out a sort of really cool, updated, up-resed, all singing, all dancing version of Skyrim for the PS4 or Xbox, no, it would still be a no. Because it's not going to be new content, is it? Well, they might chuck something in, you know. Well, they'd have to chuck quite, something quite significant in. And meanwhile, I've got all sorts of content waiting for me on the. PC mods. Because here's the thing, look, I, I actually would more be interested in experiencing Skyrim on a new PC than I would a new console. Plus, you've so already bought it three spend times. That money, I'd spend it on a new PC. I guess, yeah, I guess I can see the, the sort of logic in that, yeah. Yeah, it would kind of probably make a bit more sense. That what if, what if they run on my computer, so I'd want to play that. And, I mean, there's a lot of things if, I could do with a new PC that I can't really do with a new console. What what if Bethesda announced a new a whole new game? Well, of then? course. I mean, assuming it's a new Elder Scrolls, I'd probably be on it. Or Fallout 4. Yeah. I mean, I've said this before. Those things would probably get me to invest. I know yeah, Elite, so. Elite Dangerous is tempting me to get a new PC. 
I know. Did you did you watch that video of the the dude doing the raid? That was very cool. Yeah, oh, the one where he, he uh, has to get into the um, space station without anyone noticing. Yeah, with well, he kind of the the whole thing starts off. He's he's in space. Um, all the space stations have like sensors on, and if someone's carrying stolen goods, he just zap them. I mean, there's no questioning or jury or anything. You know, if you're carrying something that you're not supposed to, you, you're pretty much going to get obliterated. Um, so what he what he did, he wanted to steal the cargo that had been left behind from the ship that had been blown to bits. So he turned all his engines off on his ship so that the uh, scout ships for the space stations wouldn't be able to detect his engines. and wouldn't, He was kind of invisible because he didn't have any engines on. Uh-huh. So he was kind of using the momentum he already had to collect all the stolen cargo. And what was really cool, like the inside of his cockpit was all freezing up. So you could see because obviously he had every, all these sort of uh, life support systems and everything were on the lowest settings. Uh, it was all starting to freeze up inside the, inside the cockpit he was in. And he, he basically got, collected all the cargo. And obviously once he'd done that, he needed to get the hell out of there. So he kind of slowly backed away. He put a little bit of thruster on just to start backing away from the space station. Kind of managed to turn around, jumped into hyperspace came out in a, in a new system somewhere else. So obviously he was away from the one where he'd got the stuff from, but obviously the new system with the space station there would be scouting for people. We still, so the same thing would apply. So what he did, he kind of, when he was still far enough away from the space station, he lined himself up with the entryway, turned on the boost and everything to get himself going, then turned everything off so he would end up still being invisible. And he had to basically guide his ship into the space station with no propulsion engines proper steering or anything and it was it was very very cool and once he once he obviously got inside he could then sell it on the, the obviously station has a black market where you can sell stolen stuff and oh that's my god what he, talk about black market 75 dollars to get into the beta are you nuts oh yeah it's not insane cheap. who's paying but that? apparently people are people are it looked cool though i've got to say it was very impressive i think my optician is uh, uh, in the beta yeah, it does look good. Yeah. It does look super cool. I've been trying to sort of almost avoid looking at it because I know. both that and Star Citizen have been like, they've been talking about them for ages. Oh, I can't uh, avoid looking at it. You're optician. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I think that the, the, neither of them have got an actual release date yet, have they? No, not that I'm aware of. I think what's, what's kind of, I think what's cool about both of these games is that they both look really good. Do you know what I mean? We've, we've sort of not had. You know, like you were saying last week, Duke, we haven't had a great space trading sort of be a pirate, be whatever Galaxy you want. Galaxy on fire. Yeah, but the, I think you know this is on a whole yeah, other I know. level. Galaxy, Galaxy on fire is a very, very, very good game. I don't know if it really qualifies as great. It's it is great. It's I mean, don't, it's just it's not it's as deep as it needs to be. Like it's, it's a very comical sort of you know t- it scratches the itch, but it doesn't go. Yeah, deep as definitely. You it's can't. Bit, but I think a bit more limited. Hours in that game. Yeah, definitely, it's more limited. But I think when you look at these games, the even just the detail of his cockpit, you know, and the way his hands move on all the different controls when he's doing different stuff. I mean, you can imagine this with an Oculus Rift. You know what I mean? And you're actually sat in the cockpit. Yeah. Would be would be very cool. See, even if it was just an up- Oculus Rift, and then I'm like, oh, <laughs> even if it was just well, an update of Frontier, I'd be happy. Yeah, but I mean, this is a whole other thing, isn't it, altogether? What's Frontier? I never played that. That was the second uh, one that came out on the Amiga. Uh, Elite, yeah. 
But it does look good. I must admit, I'm, I am waiting for that. I mean, I'm assuming when the, the actual full release comes out, it will be cheaper. I don't, it's a kind of interesting model, this sort of charging more for the beta than they probably will when it comes out as a full release. It's a bit of a weird... Because surely they can't be charging £50 for it as a game when it comes out. Maybe they can, I don't Bet know. Bet not. Well, the early, early beta access was about 100 quid. Yeah. to get it. You know, if you wanted really early access to it, you had to pay £100 to get into crazy. it. crazy. And people were doing it. People were doing it. So it just I think the, the possibilities are potentially endless. And I think, you know, we, we were talking about No Man's Sky last week and the fact that that could be a bit, because it's all sort of procedurally generated, you might get a lot of similar type worlds with similar type stuff. And we don't really know you know, what you're going to be able to do apart from fly around in cool environments, do we really? It's true. No one really knows so anything about it at the moment. No, there's a lot of question marks, whereas I think with Elite Dangerous and Star Citizen, I think there's got to be a lot of stuff going on that, you know, and, and uh, David Brabham, who's doing Elite Dangerous, has, has said on more than one occasion, you know, this is a game where you can properly role play, you know, you can be whatever you want to be. You know, you can be someone upholding the law, you can be someone who's an out-and-out pirate, you know, sort of ransacking every other ship in the galaxy. Yes. And do whatever you want. And I think that's that's the interesting thing about this, isn't it? So, I mean, is this something you'd be on board with, you? You know, is this something you'd be interested in? I'd be interested in? in taking a look at it. I mean, you know, I'd probably wait until it's cheap. Yeah, yeah. What? I guess that's what you're going to have to do. That's what I'm going to have to do. So, oh, Rob, uh, Fallout New Vegas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All out New Vegas, how's that? Yeah, you liking yeah, well, it? Yeah, I, I think I'm enjoying it. To be honest, it kind of weirded me out at the beginning that it wasn't um, you didn't start in um, a vault. Yeah, it's quite surprising. Yeah, it does just it's in a room, isn't it? Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. But yeah. other than that, yeah, uh, I'm enjoying it. It it is doing the same sort same old uh, Fallout stuff, but that's sort of all right Maybe with me. Fallout stuff. No, no, that's it's all right with me. But yeah. Just yeah, it is. It is kind of interesting because you know it's interesting because it, it, this was this made by Obsidian. Yeah, it was actually. Yeah, it was made by Obsidian, wasn't it? Well, it's kind of interesting with the Bethesda games. They they always kind of. I mean, it, you know, even Skyrim, even though it started you out in the open, it still had that going through dungeons and coming out into the world to explore, didn't it? Yep. Whereas, whereas sort of Obsidian's game doesn't do that. You know, it's kind of a trademark for Bethesda, isn't it? You know, from, you know, the Elder Scrolls Oblivion right through to sort of Fallout 3 and Skyrim, where it's this sort of, you start off somewhere and end up sort of coming out into the world from there. Yeah, I, I think that New Vegas does an interesting thing, which, spoilers for the first five seconds of New Vegas, I suppose. <laughs> you get shot in the head and left for dead. That's, that's kind of a cool approach to the start of a game. I mean, it's not, uh, I guess it's probably not original. There's probably some game that did it before, and Kingdoms of Amalur sort of does the same thing. But I just think that's kind of a neat way to get going. You know, you've got your built-in revenge quest. Yeah, and I, got, and I guess to a certain extent, you're still sort of... Starting off inside a building, aren't you? And you already, man. Yeah, and you already kind of know. Everyone kind of already knows what the world's like, isn't it? So it's not, you know, because I remember when I came out in Fallout Three, and the first, the first, I remember getting that on release day. Yeah. And I remember I started playing it at about half ten at night, and I went to bed at about four o'clock the following morning. Oh, and that that reveal when you come out of the vault for the yeah, of course, is legendary. 
It's cool, and, and I love the way. One of my favourite things about that reveal, and I don't, I don't know whether you can come out at night time, uh, but when I came out, it was daytime, and, and it, when you first came out, it was just the screen was white, you know, like because he'd been in sort of a dull place for so long, and then he came out into the bright light, and it was sort of his vision was impaired for a few seconds until he cleared. Yeah, and it was just cool. It was just really, really cool. That was similar to um, Oblivion, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Oblivion's exact. That's what I was saying. Bethesda seems to have this thing about you know the big reveal of the world. Yeah, and that's it is Skyrim too because you know you go through that cave as you're. Yeah. I mean, you were outside to begin with, but then you don't. You know, you're about to be killed, so it's you know this thing where you suddenly you're free and it's open and there's the butterflies and it's like have at it. The whole thing, idea, presumably, is to reveal the world to you at the same time it reveals the world to the character. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and I think it's also that, like, look at what we've built. Look how big this is. Thinking about it, it's kind of amusing that Fallout 3, you start as a baby, and then Fallout New Vegas, you start coming out of the grave. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, it's the opposite, isn't it? It's blowing my mind. (laughs) Oh, my God. So cool. So anything else? Yeah, what else? Um, not really. I've not gone back to Minecraft after sort well, of, yeah. It's the... devastating, man. It's gonna... <laughs> oh, after the sadness of the server. I saw on the website, they apparently, uh, they catalog all the old server builds at the moment that they wipe them. So you could download Boss Wave Burrow 1.0 and play it on your single player. Okay. So there's yeah. that. I'm probably well, going to make a video where I go through the... Uh, the second roller coaster because people haven't seen it unless they've been in the world. So yeah, I think that's one sort of good thing that the fact that you do have a sort of a video log of it. Which is yeah. Cool. Let yeah well, that, is it, that, is, that is if Chini transfers them onto YouTube before they wet wiped off Twitter. Oh no, I think I transferred mine onto YouTube already. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, because you got to do that, that one, you? So. Yeah, it, it, just at the moment, it doesn't. There doesn't feel like much point in doing anything in there, knowing that it's going to get wiped so soon. Yeah, Although. We don't. I don't think we necessarily know exactly when it is. Since well, we don't because they need to update their mods and stuff. So not only that, Mojang tend to be a bit like they're never exactly on the date exactly. when they, when they, they do the update. This is the first time I've been around for an update, so it's a new experience, whole new thing. I've got to say though, nice pirate ship. Yeah, it's good. beautiful. Yeah, I was I was quite pleased with myself for doing that. Yeah, it was very cool, man. As very it should cool. be. Yeah, I, 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 I allowed myself a few time. minutes of smugness for that. <laughs> Just a few. It was very Damn, cool. every time I log on, I look up at the veteran gamer's mural, and I'm like, yeah, it's awesome! And that pirate <laughs> ship's awesome! This whole, these lakes are awesome! Until someone builds a house in one. <laughs> That's right, that happens. You should put up a sign next time, no houses in this lake. <laughs> Do you know what, though? That's kind of the nature of Minecraft. Well, to an we, extent, but that's the thing. It? This server is much more community based. So, like, next time I think we need to make ourselves mayors. And then, like, anybody who wants to, you know, build, we'd be like, okay, you build here. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have the power. If you want I stuff, you've got to go with me. Yeah, it's kind of weird because I think we were basically within about five minutes walking distance from the spawn. Oh, yeah. Whereas it's it seemed like kind of everyone else moved right to the edges of the map. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, I've got to ask. They want people more distant, you know. I've got to ask you, Jude. Though, do you think it's a good thing for just one person to have all that power? That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that, as long as they use it responsibly. You know what I mean? I mean, would it be a good thing for you to to have all that power, though? I think I'd be able to handle it. Yeah. 
I'm like Spider-Man. I understand that with great power comes great responsibility. No one man should have all that power. You happy? Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. Really asshole is. jukebox just played the thing you want him to play. The jukebox. I like it. I should call myself the Duke box. You should do. Ah. You should do. Yeah. That's funny. Oh, my God. Right. That's kind of funny. I've never even thought of that before. Well, you know, it's a new day for new things. I know. Considering you like play sound bites and you're called Duke. Yeah. You know, it was it was only one more step, really, wasn't it? Eat the rest of this chocolate bar now. I wonder what that crinkling noise it's was. It's me eating a caramello. Is it you eating a caramello? They're very good candy bars. So, have you have you played anything else at all, Rob? Um, I mean, not even in the last week. I mean, anything recently? You know, that any you other games do, you've ever played? Anything? Anything new? I'm trying to think now. Swing copters. Mm, yeah, swing no, copters. I, I think it's terrible. I don't really do mobile it's gaming. A good idea to stay away from that. Well, yeah, I mean, I haven't even gone near it again since last week. It's just like, I can't be arsed. I, I found myself playing mostly on the Vita recently. All right, what have you been playing on there, then? I'm trying to remember. I've gone through all kinds of stuff. Well, that cool game, Ho Hokum, that's cool. I've not played that. I've, I've ended up not buying that much on it, necessarily. Yeah, um, stuff from PS Plus? Yeah, um, uh, and in theory, I'm getting a PS4 soon as well, so oh. I'm getting like six games every every month. Kind of... Oh, so you haven't got a PS4 yet, but you're thinking about um, it. Well, you? I've got it on on order. Oh, oh, have you got a white one? Um, no, actually. Um, ah. it was another sort of moment of smugness, to be honest. The, All right, why is that? Come on. I ordered it. Still. I pre-ordered it from Amazon, the um, uh, Destiny bundle, a while ago. Right. Um, and when I pre-ordered it, it was three hundred and seventy-nine quid, which wasn't too bad because it was three hundred and forty-nine for the, just the PS4 on its own. But then the, yep. um, just last week, I think it was, they suddenly announced that they were dropping the price to 329 quid. Yeah, it happens sometimes. Yeah. And I thought that was the white. Isn't that a white Destiny? There is, well, but what? that's only from game. Ah, right, okay. I think that's 350 quid. Yeah. It's cool, though. It does look cool. But yeah, again, a 50 quid price drop was uh, quite nice. To be fair, Amazon's the cheapest place to get uh, Destiny as a game at the moment. It's only 40 quid for the PS4 on Amazon. Yeah, it's cheaper than it is on the Xbox. Yeah, yeah, it is 45 on the Xbox uh, one. And I think it's 30, is it 35 for the other two? Probably, yeah. I think so. But everywhere else on Shop 2, it's 45 all round, I think. It's an interesting approach because, I mean, I don't know if Sony had anything to do with that or if it's some completely different thing. But. It's an interesting idea if you to go from like the whole exclusive thing, like the whole Tomb Raider issue. If you rather than making it exclusive to your machine, if you just make it slightly cheaper on your machine, then you are actually providing extra value to your customers rather than taking value away from other people's customers. No, that's not yeah, what we do. We're, we're capitalists. We're trying to take things away from everybody. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know whether that's I don't know whether that's true or not. No, probably not. Um, but it, because that seems to be the only retailer that's doing it. I don't know whether it's the same on Shop Two or whether the same price Xbone and PS4. I don't really know. It's not even on, that, on Amazon anymore because they the, they ran out of the Destiny bundle. And the if you buy the PS4 on its own, it's back up to three hundred and forty-five quid. Right, right. I don't know. I think I think it's interesting. I mean. I don't know what I think too much about the PlayStation PlayStation exclusive stuff because it's it's not a whole lot, is it? Have you seen what you get if you get it on the PS4? 
Um, sorry, uh, what the oh the Destiny thing? I have not read. Yeah, because it's like all the extra you get extras, don't you? You get it on PS4 compared to the Xbox One. To be honest, I haven't even really paid that much attention to it. Yeah, well, the additional stuff you get an, an extra multiplayer map, um, an additional cooperative strike mission, and then just like the usual stuff like guns and gear. You know, there's not there's not a whole lot of stuff. It, it doesn't seem worth. You know, if you were differing between an Xbox One and a PS4 to buy a console, it doesn't seem enough to go, oh, I'll buy a PS4 because I want to get Destiny to play on there because of all this extra stuff I'm getting on it. Yeah, that wasn't really what made my decision. I mean, I, I was probably always going to get a PS4. I've yeah. gone with Sony pretty much every time. I like the, yeah, so I like the more... You've never been a Microsoft person. No, right? I tend to like the more esoteric Japanese games that tend to get released on the Sony uh, machines. So that's... Well, like Yakuza, for That's instance. the one. Well, I say the tender you get released, they're not getting released at the moment. Not really. Do I mean, is, is Yakuza 0 coming out over here or not? Well, I don't know. Yakuza 5 didn't. Um, no. And was it the last one was Yakuza Ishin, wasn't it? I can't even remember if that's been no, released. The, the, well, the last one I remember playing was the the Yakuza Dead one. You know, the yeah, one that the was the offshoot. I never played that. I wasn't that interested. It wasn't that great. I wasn't that. I wasn't that enamoured with it to be honest. I like Yakuza Four a lot and Yakuza Three. Yeah, when when the um, the PS4 was announced, there was Yakuza Ishin, which is a set in feudal Japan. Yeah, but that's that hasn't been released over here at all. No, has it? same as Yakuza Five. Yeah, so I'm saying the last one I remember was the the zombie one was released in the West, and the, none of the ones since then have come over here at all, have they? No, much to my annoyance. Mm-hmm. I know. Well, you never know. Yakuza Zero, you never know. He made it. I'm still kind of hoping that they might do like a, a HD upres thing. Well, they already were HD, but release three, four, and five. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be nice. That'd be cool. But I don't know. I just don't know whether they will. No, it looks like they won't. I mean. I'm still trying to think of like how difficult would it be for them to do it. I don't think it's I don't think it's necessarily a question of difficulty doing it. I think it's more a question of is it worth the while doing it for the West. They may do that for Japan, but it, it does it sell enough copies in the West to justify them investing the money to do it. Well, I mean that's that, that's their argument really that they don't sell as much. Certainly, there's been a drop off from Yakuza Three, Yakuza Four to Dead Souls, but yeah. I mean, I'm thinking there's probably people out there who've already actually translated it, um, just fans. Oh, yeah, I'm sure there is. And, I mean, I'd be perfectly happy if they just released it digitally so they don't have to worry about um, distribution or anything like that. I just want to be able to play it. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I, I, I mean, I don't even mind playing those games with just, like, English subtitles on. Yeah, oh, no, I think they've only been available with subtitles. Yeah, I was going to say, there hasn't been any with English dialogue. I think the very there? first one was. I mean, this is the funny thing. The, I think the very first one had a dub and everyone hated it. And yeah. everyone got annoyed at Yakuza 3 because they cut things out. Whereas Yakuza 4, they left everything in, which is one of the best things about it. It's got all of the original Japanese content, including the, all of the weird shit. But that's what everyone wanted. In other words, the whole yeah. Yeah. No, the, <laughs> no, the game's good as well. The game's good as well. I think what's interesting oh, for me, though, I think what's interesting for me with Japanese actors in general, um, they always sound pretty good. You know, I, I have no idea whether they're a decent actor or not. You know, it doesn't seem to make any difference. You know, it's like, oh, it sounds cool. It's speaking in Japanese. It's cool. Well, when Yakuza 5 was announced, I think Tuscan was putting pictures up of it on the uh, on the forums. Oh, yeah. No, he, and, he updates that regularly. And I actually recognized one of the actors. 
Oh, yeah, no, I think the actors that are in the game are quite big in Japan. You know, I, I don't think they use sort of people you don't know. But I don't know, it always just sounds cooler somehow. Yeah, you know, I, it sounds cool. I always struggle with, where, like, even if it's, even things like anime, when I've watched anime that's actually been set in Britain, but it still doesn't seem right to hit, listen to them with a dubbed voice. It's one of the, yeah, no, I agree. It's one of the things yeah. that I've, sort of, I mean, I've, I do have Nino Akuni, but I've never really got around to playing it. And one of the things that I slightly dislike about it is that you kind of have to watch it with the English dub. Because if yeah. you watch it with the subtitles, it's just the dub that's been written down, which means that that little drippy character, they write all of his text in the kind of like Welsh accent. So yeah, he's got a good. He's, he's quite a good voice actor. He plays drippy though. I quite like. Yeah, it. But I think that as a result, the subtitles don't really make much sense. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's all right though. Um, so anything else at all from you, or is that kind of it? Um, that's kind of it. Yeah. It's kind of it, gosh, gosh. Uh, so, uh, we'll get you out of the way, Duke, because I know you want to... <laughs> Let's get you know, Duke out of the way. Let's get Duke out of the way, because I know he wants to get something off his chest. I uh, finally played the rest of The Last of Us. Hey! Took- and of course... It's only 17 years. <laughs> and of course you loved it, just like all the rest of you us. You know what? I don't know what happened, but I reached a certain point with the game mechanics where it just sort of clicked, and I was like, hey, wait, I get this now. And it became a lot more enjoyable after that moment. So, yeah, like very well-structured levels. And um, I'm still frustrated by the fact that the clickers are so tough. And, I mean, I had it on easy settings, and I still had to do a bunch of stuff several times, which I find really frustrating because I was just trying to get done with it. Um, But whatever. Uh, I mean, it it does definitely. You're right. I think some of the – especially the earlier levels – uh, where you're trying to kind of learn the mechanics and how to best play it, yeah. uh, seem to be the, the hardest ones until once you, like you say, at some point, probably about a third to a halfway through the game, it, everything kind of clicks in yeah, place what you got to do. Right, right. And I also realized that I was rushing the buttons, so I realized that you have to play a little more fluidly. So if you just keep pushing the buttons over and over again, you're, you're not going to do well. You have to time things and so forth. And I mean, whatever, that's fine. I just, I, I wish I had figured that out earlier. And I don't think it's the game's fault. I think it was my fault for being impatient. But my biggest frustration was the ending. I found it, uh, you know, I wasn't looking for a happy ending, but I found it to be unsatisfying. And um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not sorry I played it, but I don't feel the way that everyone else seems to feel about this game. So. Are you, are you kind of glad you got it finished? Well, I'm definitely glad I got it finished. I mean, I got the freaking Gamefly thing right here. <laughs> no, I bet you have. How, how much, in essence, has that game really cost I don't cost even want to think about it. Because <laughs> <laughs> you have had that game a long time. Yeah, well, that's the lesson in my own... You know, you can't rush things. That's the lesson here, is that you can't even rush yourself. There's a time and a place for everything, and... I finally play that game, and I'm glad I got it out of the way, so now I can move on to other things. I mean, let me ask you this, though. Out of, you know, obviously, you know, we had a, a fairly heated debate, it could be said. <laughs> people want to know, like, we don't want to give spoilers right now, so if people want to know what I didn't like, maybe I'll post something on the forums, and we can have a discussion about it there. But Yeah, yeah I mean, we did, we did have a fairly longish debate, and... But, but what I wanted to ask you, though, is what... I mean, obviously, you didn't... You weren't particularly enamored with the ending. Nope. 
But well, what about the the game story as a whole, though? You know, up until that point. No, because I think it's it's the kind of game like you know Skyrim. If you don't like Skyrim's ending, it doesn't matter because there's a hundred other stories and there's a hundred things along the way. So the the game isn't dependent on the ending in Skyrim. This game is dependent on the ending. It's like Walking Dead. You know, Walking Dead season one. If you don't like that ending, you're not going to like that game. Now, I'm not saying I don't like Last of Us, because it is, in essence, a very good game. But I think the fact that the ending is so disappointing makes it, it keeps me from calling it a great game. So. Yeah, I mean, I can kind of understand that, but then if I, if I kind of parallel that to books and movies, I think sometimes the same can be said. There's very, for me, personally, there's very few movies that have that sort of quintessential sort of perfect ending you know well, cause... i was looking for a perfect ending i'm just saying that it's it's for me there's several different kinds of movies and there are some movies where if the ending is bad it ruins the whole thing and then there's some movies where the ending's not great but the ride along the way was so wonderful that i didn't even mind now with the last of us again because the ammo is so limited and because so many elements of it were really frustrating to me that means that I didn't have a whole lot of fun along the way, certainly for the first half, and therefore the frustrating ending combines with it. I mean, I, look, I'm willing to give this game its due. Like, I recognize why people love it, and there's a lot to love in it. But I just I can't give it Game of the Year whenever it came out, and I'd ultimately probably give it like a 7 out of 10. No, so, I mean, it's still not Which terrible. Is, yeah, it still puts it in the category of very good games. It just doesn't quite get up into the upper echelon. So I think the, the ending's not quite as, as final as some other game endings. And mm-hmm. that's, I, I, tend to, so I think before that would have annoyed me, but I'm, I'm starting to kind of like that because it adds a bit more of a realism effect to it. Yeah, I don't Obviously, mind. Think, things don't quality. end in, re- in real life, really. Yeah. And we can't really say more without getting into spoilers. So. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, no, it's, it's different. You all have to wonder if I'm ever going to finish that game because it finally happened. Yeah! About even even so much as uh, Tuscan was was tweeting updates and pictures of your gamertag showing you play. Was he really? Yeah. It was really, That's yeah. hilarious. Well, yeah, he was. He said, he said he had to do a double take because he, he thought for a second he must be wrong. <laughs> I know. And it was just, I don't know what it was yesterday. I was like, it's time to make this happen. And like, yeah, it did. So, but the trouble is now he's going to be sad because you didn't love it. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, Tuscan. I don't know what to tell you. The, on the bright side, you don't have to. You have to wait a week to find out because we're not we're not twitching this week. <laughs> and, no, we're not. No, we're not. Uh, what else? Minecraft. I actually because like Verbal Rob, I don't want to spend any time building on the new beginning server when it's not a new beginning. Eh, you see what I did there? Because it's, it's we saw what you did. Yeah. We'll be soon. It's a joke. Anyway, yeah, it's a joke. It's a joke. But I did want to play some Minecraft, so I was like, you know what? I want to work on my single player world a little bit. And then I realized my single player home sucks. <laughs> I need to tear it all down and build a new one. <laughs> so that's what I so did. We, so we're going around like knocking everything I'm down, like some everything light. down. Not everything, actually. Wow. The the temple that I built, you know, that curved roof. Um, yeah, that's yeah. still there. The I wanted to keep that because I think that looks very, very nice, and it matches the aesthetic I'm shooting for. But I realized that I wanted to build my because my house was in this valley underneath that temple. So I realized there was a hill opposite that valley, and so I built my new house on that hill. And I had to start by clearing off that the top of that hill and leveling it. And I had to go find clay to get bricks so I could make a brick house. Brick 
ah, house. And yeah, and then I found a horse and I rode it back and now I have a horse with diamond armor. And yeah, it's a uh, it's a good looking single player world and no one else will ever be in it because it's single player. You see, it's just weird for me hearing you talk about it like this because when I did play and I did play quite a substantial amount of Minecraft on the 360. Yeah. It really was just in creative mode. Not not creative mode in so much as, as sort of the way you can fly around and stuff, but in the mode where there aren't any monsters. Yeah. They only they only had monsters once a week. Right. Uh, and I never went on at that time. So you didn't have to worry about stuff like armor and weapons and all that stuff. So it was literally just like Lego. You know, it was just going in and building stuff. But then did you not have enchanting? No. See, I don't remember enchanting. Enchanting anything. is awesome because then it means you get to harvest stuff faster. You can put mods on your weapons so that they, you know, your pickaxe, so that you get stuff better. And I'm not even sure any of that stuff was in the 360 version at the time. I don't know. Enchanting and did you have redstone stuff? Yes, you could. We did have redstone. Yeah, I just started building because I have this. There's this like ocean kind of near to my house, but not really near. So I just started building a rail system to the ocean side. And it's taken forever because I don't have a lot of iron, so I got to keep going down in the mine to get more iron. Yeah, that was what I did in my single player Minecraft was messing around with a lot of redstone, and yeah. all these kind of weird circuits that did all kind of different things. Pretty cool stuff. I, d- I do feel like I might, I might kind of invest again when it comes out on the PS4. You know, it's fun. I was looking at the 360 thing, and they said, or the Xbox One, and they said that your saved game from the 360 will. First of all, it's only five dollars to buy the Xbox One version, and then your 360 save game, as long as you upload it to some sort of cloud, then it'll carry over. So, yeah, I mean, we, there were loads of worlds that were, you know, the you know G4TE worlds. Well, that's that what I was wondering because they had to rent that server, didn't they? No, it didn't work like that. On the, so basically, what no, what they did was uh, they had a gamer tag that they paid for specifically for Minecraft. Right, right, right. And then it, so what they did was have that running twenty four seven. So so they took it in turns leaving the three sixties on signed into that gamer right, tag. Gotcha. I've been tempted to pick it up on the Vita when it gets released. Yeah. See, that's that's the yeah. thing, man. I'm so obsessed with this game. I'm thinking like maybe I should buy it for some other platform so I could play with more G, VG Hub people. But I, I'm, I'm wondering if it. I'm kind of put off because I know it's a bit more restricted than it is on the PC version. Yeah. Is it is it more similar to the the iPhone version than on the? Vita well, no. It's it's going to be the same as the console one, as far as I'm aware. But right. I'm a, I am aware that that's not fully up to date with what the, what's on the PC version. Yeah, but the PCs had so much more time to evolve, hasn't it? Really. Yeah. And it's funny because they yeah, actually right. said that about the Xbox One version. They said that the console has always been just trying to keep pace with the PC version. But what's yeah. what's the difference, really? I mean, well, you got rabbits in the PC now. Ooh, yeah. I'm, I miss my rabbits. Yeah, I don't know what isn't isn't in, in them. To be honest, yeah. well, I mean, the only the the biggest thing I'm kind of aware of, I think, on the PC, the worlds are kind of almost infinite, aren't they? You can yeah, they go forever. Whereas I still think, as far as I'm aware, there's still boundaries on the the PS4 and Xbox One versions. That doesn't seem like a huge deal to me because they can no, because they're huge anyway, aren't they? How big do you really need a world? To be honest, even the PC bits seem a little bit limited to me because I. I've ended up spending quite a lot of time watching like Yogscast videos and things like that where they're doing all kinds of stuff and they've always got mods installed. And then I'll try and do something and then I realise that that's, that was in a mod and I can't actually do that in vanilla Minecraft. Yeah, unless you install the mod that they were using. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think you find out an awful lot, don't you, really? You know, especially on the PC, because, you know, you know, mods are kind of a commonplace, aren't they? With especially games of that nature, you know, where they are a bit more open world and, and sort of have all this other stuff going on. Yeah, I mean, the things that people have managed to do in that are unbelievable. Yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? Um, anything else from you, Duke? Um, Swerve Copters and... Have you still been play- have you actually been putting some time into not that a lot of time but a little bit like it's weird I will keep going back to it in a way I never did with Flappy Bird because I keep thinking like I can get this and so how many how many of you scored now three is my high is my high school <laughs> I'm still stuck on two but three it's feels like a victory I'm like yes I made it to three so whatever it is what it is and it's great for just you know you have thirty seconds or whatever. Um, just dip in, swing dip copters, eh? but I also yeah. played a little bit of Galaxy on Fire and a little bit of Kingdoms of Amalur, so I'm still plugging away on those because they're both great. Yeah. I'm so guessing with swing copters, out. Millie's on triple figures already. <laughs> no, no, she's not. She's she's she can't uh, she can't figure it out. I think with Millie, she she definitely has to have a pattern. You know, she has to have some sort of pattern to follow. If she can work out the pattern, she's fine. But because it's so random and erratic, I don't, she's she's kind of gone off it already. You know, it's it's not got it's not like mutant muds. Jesus Christ Almighty, that game is her game of choice. I mean, she is she is a beast on that game. You know, every she's got everything. I mean, she's like say she unlocked Granny last week, so she's doing all the Granny levels now, which are just I mean, you watch what she they're just ridiculous. There's just spikes everywhere. You know, I, I can't even see where she's landed on platforms in it. You know, and she's doing it on the on the i you know on the iPad, so it's not the the perfect control scheme. You know, by any means for a game like that. You know, with virtual you know D pad and virtual buttons on the screen. But she's just made it work. You know, she has just got her head around it and she's away. So, you know, props to her for that. Um, but I've I've actually played something that came out this week. This week, this week. There you go. You see what I did there. Um, which is the Walking Dead uh, series two, episode five. Oh, well, I finally finished it now, haven't I? Yeah, yeah, and I finally finished it. I might get around to uh, starting it. I know. Yeah, I even did it this this very morning. I finished the final, which was about two hours. It was about a two hour episode. So, uh, yeah. So, so Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, snap. It's all done. I can go in and finish it now. You can go in and finish it now. I guess it makes sense. They probably wouldn't put that on sale if they didn't finish it, huh? Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of all finished. Is it as good as the first season? It's never going to be, is it? No. Is the ending as good? Probably not. Is Is the last episode good, though? It's not bad. All right. It's not bad at all. It was... It was satisfying, um, and I kind of enjoyed it, and I liked the fact, and I, I'm trying to talk about it without giving any spoilers not at give all. Spoilers. <laughs> I'm not giving any spoilers. Um, it was interesting. What they did at the end was interesting. It's, I'll say this, it's different to, obviously, and it's bound to be different, but different as well in a, in a, a more fundamental way. Uh, than just story, than than sort of the first season at the end. Well, it's hard because they got to make sure they don't just repeat exactly what they did last time. Yeah, and it was good. I wasn't I wasn't totally blown away with the end, you know. And and this is no spoiler, but they've already announced that there's going to be obviously a, a season three. Yeah. So there's no no spoilers there. Um, but it was good. 
It was good. I mean, it's hard to talk about it without sort of going. There was there was something that happened in it though that. I kind of took me out of it. I think I think what was kind of good with the first season is they always kept a, a fairly good handle on reality. Yeah. To an extent. So you felt Zombies. when you Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> yeah, but zombie apocalypse game. Yeah, zombie apocalypse within the world of a zombie apocalypse. But, it was a realistic zombie apocalypse. Yeah, but they always there was nothing where you went, ah, oh, that could never happen really. Yeah. You know, not in a massive way. Where yeah, at the end, there's something about the ending I had made me go, that couldn't really happen. Yeah. And that was a bit disappointing, because it kind of... Because it had built quite well to the very end of this episode, and I kind of enjoyed what they did, but there was a few... There was probably more, on more than one occasion where I went, nah, I'm finding it hard to... And I, and I kept getting kind of a bit of a disconnect, because to an extent, it just wasn't believable. Without spoilers... Um, I've I've got the mute button ready just in case. Um, okay. Do you reckon it suffers from the fact that you're now playing as um, Clem rather than looking after her? No. Do you know why? Because I kind of enjoyed playing as Clem, um, and my Clem was like I was like a badass Clem. So if if there was a choice that where you could do something like that's quite mature as a decision or something, you know, something that you wouldn't expect a kid to do, that's what I kind of found myself doing. You know, so I never picked the options which were more like a little girl type option. I always picked the options that were more of a, you know, she's she's a tough nut now. She She's the one who's telling everybody else what they're supposed to be doing. I think that's the thing that, I mean, I found particularly interesting about the first one is that I started making decisions like feeling like a parent. You, all yeah. your decisions were based around like what you being scared for her and you wanting to protect her. So it, it yeah. So you're not you're not particularly caring about yourself anymore. So you become both no. I think, I think what's it was kind of, but I think what's also kind of clever about it, it, it almost turns that on its head because there are some other characters in the game who are a bit divery and probably a bit more timid and and my clementine kind of took the parent role in those kind of situations okay so she became the parent almost it was a bit of a because she'd sort of seen stuff and lived through some real bad shit she was kind of worldly wise my clem so she she sort of knew her stuff and and she was the one making those tough decisions sometimes not all the time uh but kind of some of the time um, I'll be interested to see where they go with season three. You know, I don't know whether it'll be a prequel. I don't know whether it'll be a follow-on from this or set in the future from this. We'll you know, have I to say. wait and see. And we'll just have to wait and see. But I'm guessing, you know, Telltale have got a lot on the plate at the moment. You know, uh, the only other the only other thing I would mention is, you know, and uh, and again, staying away from spoilers, but uh, there are some decisions towards the end of the game that do have drastically different outcomes you know whereas in in the sort of the first game you know you 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 made decisions that you felt had some agency or would would sort of change what was going to happen but in reality it kind of it was a bit of an illusion um don't get me wrong i mean that's still all kind of there you know there are there are decisions where you make where you think well maybe had i done something else there might have been a different outcome but there probably wouldn't have been but there are some towards the very end that do have different outcomes. So is there, is there any decisions from, like, episode one that actually affect the fifth episode? Um, 
kind of, but not in a direct way. So there are there are some things that have um, a foreshadowing on what happens in the in the end game, but not not as a not as a direct consequence of something you've done in 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 previous. Yeah, I mean there are some things that come to fruition from previous episodes of the season. Mm-hmm. You know that make you think, yeah, you know it might not have been exactly like that had I not done those things earlier. You know, and there are, you know, again, there are verbal references to it in the conversations you have. Um, I mean, as far as action goes, it's it's very, very minimal. You know, compared to, I mean, when I think back to the very first episode of season one and all of the walk around and pick this up and then go and find this and, oh, how, how do we get the keys off the kid outside? And all, you know, all those sort of where they were almost like traditional point and click adventure puzzles. Yep. Yeah. You know, they're they're completely gone pretty much in the whole season, really. You know, there are a couple of times when you do that, but they're few and far between. You know, it really is now primarily focused on, on sort of dialogue choices and, you know, those sorts of decisions. You know, those are those are the, the primary uh mechanics really of the game now. And 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 even even the action sequences that do occur are, are again fairly short lived and don't have a huge impact on the game as a whole. You know, it really is about the the sort of talking thing. What are you playing this on? Uh, I played it on the PS3 because I played it from the very beginning on the PS3. So I wanted to make sure that, you know, all the decisions I made in the previous games carried over. And did, did, they, did they have much of an effect? Not really, but like I said, there are there are references back to some of those decisions that you made, but they don't, they don't feel like they have any sort of direct impact, but it's nice to have those references, mm-hmm. you know, to decisions that you made in, in, in the previous season and, and obviously previous episodes of the, of the second season. So it's, it's, a, it's a nice touch point, you know, even, the, even though it doesn't really have any real bearing on what, what transpires, it's nice to have that, reference you know to to make it feel kind of a a real world almost you know like i said the the main disappointment i did have was like i say some of the stuff at the end they just and it's weird because i've had a look at you know what a lot of other people have said about what they thought about the ending and and all that kind of stuff and and it's weird that nobody's made reference to the thing that perturbed me the most really you know so it is it is kind of strange but uh yeah, but overall, it's it's you know it's well worth a buy and it's well worth a play. But it isn't. I can't see it being my game of the year this year. Have you? You know, it's, have you been playing Fable? Other. Uh, yes, I've played and finished that as well. How would you say this uh, Walking Dead season two relates to that? I think, I think it's I think it's a better game overall. Uh, than Fable, and I think the I only reason Fable's think, better than Walking Dead. I was like, what? No, no, no. I think I think the Walking Dead's a better game overall. But the only, I guess, the only reason I feel that way is because I feel like I know Clementine as a character so well. Got more investment think, in the characters. Yeah, I've got way more investment. You know, and and I've got to say, I did have a little bit of a man tear at the end. Again, you know, I can't deny that there was a bit of emotional, you know, tugging at the heartstrings again, which is obviously, you know, you've got to expect that because that's what Telltale aimed to do, don't they? especially with The Walking Dead. You know, that's that's kind of one of their goals as a as a writer and a game maker. Um, but it is, it, it, you know what, the strangest thing to me is that, 
you know, there's quite a lot of games out there now that don't involve a lot of game, if you know what I mean. You know, they're either a walking around, exploring kind of game, or the, you know, there's very few direct gameplay mechanics yet. The Walking Dead seems to to get a free pass because it's The Walking Dead, and it, you know, it's it's so well written, it's such a good story that people kind of give it a free pass on the fact that you're mainly just clicking on dialogue choices. Telltale seem to get that as well. I mean, not just The Walking Dead, but like there's been a lot of discussion about them as being like an absolutely brilliant studio, but that all seems to be based purely off of Walking Dead. I mean, was there much that they did before that that was that interesting? Uh, they did the, they did the like the Back to the I Future series. Games were good. Uh, Sam and Max. I didn't like that one at all. I think. Yeah, they did the Sam and Max. They did uh, the Wallace and Gromit games. They made yeah, those, those were good. Well. Yeah. So they've made, I mean, prior, but they, they really, prior to The Walking Dead, they really were a, a, a very, and they did the, the new Monkey Island as well, when they, then they revamped the Monkey Island game. Yeah, I think I played the demo of that and was quite disappointed with it. Yeah, but they were more of a proper traditional point-and-click adventure game maker. You know, up to The Walking Dead, you know, all the games they made were traditional, pick up this, interact with this, you know, figure out how you switch this switch on. You know, they were very much that kind of game maker. Uh, and I think it was only when they realised with The Walking Dead that they could kind of get away from that and, and introduce something different and people were fine with it that they sort of stopped doing all that stuff. Yeah, I, just, I think I just thought it was interesting that they seemed to have a reputation after Walking Dead that was seemed to be built purely on The Walking Dead, not really anything else they'd done before that. Yeah, I guess. But I think they, they did have a fairly decent reputation prior to it, but... It, they weren't as prolific, obviously. I think that the biggest the biggest compliment I have for Telltale as a as a game maker and The Walking Dead is is one just just the the quality of the voice actors. You know, you know Melissa Hutchison aside, who's who's just excellent as we know anyway. But but all of the voice actors are excellent. You know, there's there's no I, I couldn't think in this season two of a voice actor in the game who played a character that I didn't think was excellent. Um, and still the standard of the writing and the dialogue is, is, is top notch really. Um, but I think the thing that holds all that together as well also is the way that they animate the characters because, because they have this cartoon style, you know, like the graphic novels, they can manage to get emotion into people's faces and eyes and everything. Whereas, you know, a more traditional way of making graphics in a game, it's it's difficult to portray those emotions. I think emotions are, like, the key. There's, it's the most standout games that I've been playing over the past few years now all seem to be games that really produce an emotional response. Things like Last of Us, Gone Home, The Walking Dead, To the Moon. Yeah, To the Moon. I, I remember really crying at the end of To the Moon. Sat there with tears streaming down my face at, at the end of it. It's such, and it, which is when you think about it, completely amazing for a game that's basically just pixels. Yeah, and quite annoying to control. But yeah, and quite annoying to play. Really, yeah. I mean, again, it's another game with very little in the way of gameplay mechanics, apart from these weird puzzles you have to complete at the end of each uh, level. Well, yeah, very clever and very very cool, you know. So, I love those sorts of games, and and they just need to keep making them, as far as I'm concerned. You know, because I do love how they come along. Um, I've obviously continued playing Phoenix Wright, Dual Destinies on the iPad. Oh, yeah. Do you get emotional responses so from that? No, not really. It's just <laughs> funny. 
I, I just love it. I just love that game. I, you know, I'd forgotten how much I enjoyed playing the first Phoenix Wrights game, and I haven't played one since. So, that, I mean, there's been quite a few in between. Uh, and we even had the Phoenix Wright versus Professor Layton game, didn't we? Um, so, it's you know, I I've, I've just love it, though. It's just so much fun playing that. I don't know what it is about it, because, again, you just... You're not really... There's not really much in the way of mechanics. You know, you search the the supposed murder site and again you've got to suspend disbelief because some of the stuff in this game is just ridiculous um but i don't know it's just fun it's just fun to play it's just fun i like it um so yeah but on the back of that i was like i wonder what you know what other games are like this you know because i was trying to remember what else i'd played like you know professor layton games and all that kind of stuff um and now i'm going to talk about a very uh up-to-date game which is which is a game called hotel dusk room 215 have you heard of this no nope no it's interesting really because of you know it it came out around the same time as the first phoenix right i think and and sort of uh, professor layton game and it's like a kind of noir murder mystery type game with this weird hotel that has this sort of room 215 that can supposedly grant the wishes of the person who's staying in it uh, but what's kind of cool, it's an original DS game, and I thought, well, I wonder how much that is, because I was like looking around, seeing what, you know, on the internet, saying, you know, what other games are like this, and this came up, and um, and it, I got, I managed to pick it up, I think it was something like for uh, £2.20 second hand, and it was about one ninety nine postage, so it was less than a fiver. So I was like, well, I'll go, you know, I'll give it a punt for that. Uh, and it's kind of interesting and cool because you you play that you know like your DS you you hold it on your, on its side like a book, so you sort of have you know like the two screens side by side, rather than you know under and above each other. Yep. So it's kind of weird, and and sometimes it uses the whole screen as one screen, and then other times it uses one half. If you're having a conversation, for instance, your character's on one side of the screen, and the, and the other character you're talking to is on the other side. So it's it's kind of a cool, and again, it's sort of point and clicky, you know. You you know, at the moment, not a lot's happened. I'm not a whole long way into it, but I definitely think it's it's definitely got promise, you know. And it's it's a really cool art style and everything. It looks like you know the old um, take on me video, aha. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of got that look about it. You know that sort of sort of a photograph of someone, but then drawn on top with pencil. Yeah, like Scanner Darkly or Waking Life. Yeah, it's like rotoscoping. Yes, it is. You're right. It is rotoscoping, isn't it? But there's not they're not massively animated. You know what I mean? There is some animation, but it's it's limited, Uh, and there's not much in the way of voice acting. There is, uh, but then there's a lot of it just typed as well. You know, so you're just reading. Wait for it. Oh come on! Aha. Here it is. Do you know when I when I when I had my Casio keyboard as a kid? Oh uh, yeah. I learned to play that way. I learned to play Axel F. Yeah, I think I learned to play that as Did well. Did you sing along, Stu? Uh, yeah, of course. Hit the high Let's note. hear it. No. <laughs> no. I only, I only sing if I'm not actually. What do you think I am? Them anyway. I think I am some sort of performing monkey who'll just do what you say. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's good. It's good so far, and I, I think it's going to be my kind of thing. You know, a bit weird. <laughs> I don't know whether it's necessarily shit, but it's a bit weird. Um, Deadlight. I got this. Yeah, you got it on a bundle. I did. What? It's all right so far. You know, I've heard a lot of the complaints about the sort of it. It is a bit twitchy. There are there are but but the save points on it. You know, the checkpoints are fairly forgiving. Yes. So if you, if you do do you know manage to do something stupid, you you're not you're never taken back terribly. This far. is like the two D platformer wants to be kind of like Limbo in a post apocalyptic whatever. Yeah, it's kind of a bit like Shadow Complex. Dialogue kind of like was Shadow. pretty crap. Yeah, you know these these are the guys who are making Rhyme at the moment for the PS4, which looks super cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's uh, the one that looks a bit Ico-ish, isn't it? Yeah, Tequila Tequila Works. Yeah. I think it's old. Um. But yeah, it, it's 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 interesting. I like the way they've done it because even though you've got stuff in the background and obviously you're always on kind of a 2D plane on a 3D background, um, there are moments where where interesting stuff happens where there are zombies in the background that suddenly become onto your 2D plane. So it's it's kind of interesting how they do that. The combat's a bit wishy-washy. I, I mean, I'm, at the moment, I'll be honest with you, after the first few encounters, I just try and avoid combat uh, if I can. That's because it's a desperate world. You're probably right. I mean, you, you have <laughs> like a you have like a stamina meter and a health meter, though. Yeah. So, you, you get an axe fairly near the beginning, and if you swing your axe sort of around, you lose your stamina really quickly, and then you can't, you can only sort of bounce them off if you will you know you can only push them away at, you know when you run out of stamina uh, but you get fairly overwhelmed quite quickly if there's quite a few zombies around so you end up dying and going back to the checkpoint and then it's like yeah i'll just try and jump over them if i can or avoid it altogether um so but it's 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 interesting i like it so far i'm not i'm not too dismayed and the story seems quite interesting at the moment so you know it's it's a typical you know zombie apocalypse type story you yeah. know and there's there's some you you've you've got uh separated from your friends somehow or other and they've gone off without you but then there's another sort of group of survivors that are trying to search them down or something i don't know but it's, it seems quite interesting so i'm not uh i'm not totally disappointed uh, and then the last thing i played was a demo which i've got to recommend to both of you to give a go because it's free oh yeah huh? obviously cause it's a demo uh, and it's called Choice of the Deathless. Uh, yeah. And I don't know whether you've played on your iPad or iPods or whatever. Have you played any other choice games? There's a uh, Choice of the Dragon and there's also a Choice of the Broadside. You no, know, I haven't played nothing on my pod. It's well worth a go. But it, it's basically a mate. It's like a modern take on a make your own <laughs> adventure book. That's kind of it, really. There are There are no... Um, there's no actual graphics at all. It's fully written like a story, like a book. How is that a modern take? Because it's not like, you know, rather than turn to page, whatever, whatever, I guess, it, there's no dice rolling as such, you know, there's none of that kind of stuff. But there's just each, each at the end of each page, you get kind of four choices to make and they determine the outcome of the story, I suppose. So it's it's kind of not, I guess. It's kind of just a bet your own adventure story, really. Um, but it's good. It's really well written, and it's quite funny, and it's clever. Uh, and I like it a lot. And they give, you, they give you stats as well, so you get full stats on what you've, decisions you've made and what kind of character you are from the stuff you've decided to do. 
Uh, it's well worth a look, and like I say, it's totally free. It's, it's literally, I think it's about 60 megs or something. It's very small. Um, I don't know how much you get on the on the Steam version. It is available on the iPad. I had a look, but it's one ninety nine on the iPad. Uh, but definitely give Choice of the Dragon or Choice of the Broadside a, a go on the iPad. They're really, really good books. Well worth it. Well worth a read. Very clever. But rather than yeah, rather than like a normal book, you are building your character as well. You're, you're determining what kind of person you are as a character. Uh, but this one's set in like a uh, lawyer agency for the dead. So it's, it's kind of got a bit of Grim Fandango going on about it. Well, that sounds good. It's good. It's really well written. Definitely worth a look. Uh, and that's kind of about it for me for this week. Um, so there you go, really. Oh, and I was very sad because uh, on last week's show at the time, Steam had a sale on, on all the Bioshock games. And they had the, uh, the, the expansion stuff for Infinite on sale for seven ninety nine for the season pass. So I could have played you know, the two new episodes and stuff. And I forgot about it. And then when I came home the following day, I was like, oh, God, I hope it's still on sale. And it wasn't. So it was back up to normal price. So I didn't bother. So I was a bit sad because I wanted to play that. Yeah. I know. Uh, You've got a strike, haven't you, when the, when the irons fall? Exactly. You never know when these opportunities are going to pass. I know. You never know when they're going to happen again in the future. That's another one of the things, like I was saying before, how I don't tend to go back to games. I Generally, I don't really buy DLC later on either. Like, yeah, but something like a story-driven DLC does that not interest you at all? No, I mean, like, like, uh, the I think when, when I finished The Last of Us, they announced the DLC for that just shortly after I finished it. But I, I just felt like I was done with it. I don't tend to go back. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, some games I I like. I don't know. I guess DLC like Skyrim. I was like, ooh, DLC. But even that felt. I don't know. I wasn't blown away by either of those. DLC okay. packages, and then so for like Bioshock Infinite or Last of Us, I'm just not interested at all. Espe- yeah, especially story-driven stuff, because I feel like yeah. if it's something that really benefits the story, then it it should really have been yeah, in the original not, story. Too, yeah. Would you not like to sort of? I mean, the one big draw for me, I must admit, is like for Burial at Sea, is seeing you know Rapture built in the Infinite Engine, you know, sort of seeing it all up and updated and looking cool as anything. Yeah. You care more about that stuff than I do. No, I do, but I also think it might be potentially an interesting story as well. For seven ninety nine, it would have been worth it. So I was a bit stupid, really, for not buying it. Maybe. I think it would have been kind of been worth it, and I would like to play the Last of Us expansion as well. You know, but I guess at some point, if you know, I ever see the the new Res PS4 version on sale or cheap, cheap, I may give it a go just to play that. You know, mm-hmm. just play the new story stuff in it. You know, I'm probably playing again. I don't know. I mean, I have been looking at uh, sort of Metro 2033 uh, and buying that and playing well, the it again. Package is coming out. The reader. Yeah, well, that be, because I already own it, I can have it for half price. Oh my god! So I can have it for like I think it's seven ninety nine for Metro 2033. I'm not bothered, obviously, about Last Light because apparently it doesn't look that much different than the original PC version. Yes. Uh, but I'm interested in playing 33 updated. Apparently, they've made it a bit more forgiving, you know, giving you more gas masks, um, and obviously completely overhauled the graphics completely. So I am—I don't know—I'm kind of interested, but it's not enough somehow at the moment. I'm just not sort of fully persuaded to give it a go for that. I've never actually played any of them, so I might give them a go when I get the PS4. 
Oh, it's well worth it. I mean, they are good. They are good. I love those games. Yeah, but make sure uh, you watch your health or your breath monitor. Well, your your gas mask. Yeah, so that's what I'm you're always incredibly stingy with those kind of but things. But apparently, anyway. like I say, the Redux versions they've 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 made it slightly easier. Apparently, good. Yeah, they've you know made it not quite as difficult. And what's kind I, of interesting? I, I yeah, do you know what's kind of interesting? And I don't know whether this was done on purpose, you know, and it possibly was, or it possibly wasn't. Uh, but, you know, the bit that I nearly had a game breaker on where I got sort of couldn't figure out what the hell I was supposed to be doing. Yeah. And it's, there's a bit in the game where there's like a chandelier attached to the ceiling. And what you've got to do is shoot the line holding it up and then it crashes through the wall to let you get through to the next area you need to get to. Yep. And I couldn't figure out what the hell it was, I and I kept on sort of losing all my gas masks. Then I'd die all together, and then I'd start again with That's, all I mean, the gas masks. I mean, you know, in. some of us have those problems with games. <laughs> it doesn't mean you suck at video and, games. But the stupid thing was, though, I got down to the second... Rather than just let myself die again and start off with full gas masks yeah. that I had yeah, at the time. Going, and then you lost all of it except a little bit. I got down to my, set, my next to last gas mask and then shot it. But as soon as I shot it, it created a new checkpoint. Dude... So I ended up with just like one gas mask left, and I had to run through the whole level as fast as I could, not fighting anything. And then I finally, you know, after, after about my fifth go, I found the dude with a gas mask and managed to get a new one, and then I was fine then. Um, but I nearly didn't finish. Uh, and, you know, and it's, it's sort of what I was going to say anyway, getting to the point. In the demos that I've seen of it and the trailers and stuff, it shows that bit of shooting the chandelier. Yeah. And it did make me wonder whether I wasn't the only person who'd done that. And they sort of thought, oh, well, if we include that, people will know they have to do it. it was that, was, you- that was one of the things they said about um, The Last of Us, the like, re- the new version for the PS4, saying that the, the trailer for it actually spoiled the game quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, the weirdest thing about um, Metro was, up until that point, there hadn't been a bit like that or, or a, a bit you had to do similar so you you weren't even really conditioned into doing it you know you didn't it wasn't like you'd you'd had sort of 10 moments in the game where you had to do something similar because that's what tends to happen isn't it it's like you know this is what you do or you have to do this occasionally because it's like gets you through to the next bit but it hadn't ever happened so it was kind of out of character with the rest of the game and that's why I couldn't really figure out how the hell I got into the next bit of the game because I've never had to do that sort of environmental puzzle before if you will yeah it's very odd right. right that's that's kind of about it so we do need to get on to some good evening and welcome to the middle of the film chinny's not here news that's well uh, putting news first Shut- so, uh, to start off, to start off, uh, this, this was news from last week, uh, but Ginny never read it out, but I thought I should mention it just in case people aren't aware, but I'm sure a lot of people who listen now, but there might be some people who, who don't follow the news as closely and aren't aware, uh, but they did give some more details on the PlayStation 4 sure play facility, you know, and how it's going to work, um, so what, basically, what they're going to allow you to do, if you, if you share your console uh, with a friend so that they can play either your game to help you or just play one of your games so they have access to your library um, 
it's limited. It's a bit. It's a bit like telephones. I don't know whether they do this in America, but it's like telephones in this country. It's limited to sixty-minute chunks. Okay. So basically, so basically, you can hand over your thing, but you you have to renew it. You can the the number of sessions is unlimited, right? But the the every sixty minutes, it'll cut them off. Well, I, I it just seems like everybody's doing some weird version of this, and I don't know. It seems like there should be a standard across all the platforms. Make up your mind. Is it four hours? Is it half an hour? Is it, is it this? Is it that? I, 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 think, I mean, to me, it, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, it's fine. It, you know, because he couldn't have gone, yeah, it's fine. Because you could just, like, go on holiday, leave your PS4 running, and your friend would be able to do it unlimited, wouldn't he? So this way, you have to... If you want your friend to carry on playing whatever game he's playing or she's playing, you've got to be the... To keep reconnecting them every 60 minutes to carry on playing it. Right. But what happens to the game when it disconnects? I think it saves the progress. So I do, as far as I know, it does save the progress. Uh, but I don't know that for certain. Uh, but it would be interesting if it doesn't, because that would make it kind of a bit redundant, wouldn't it? Yeah. But... I don't. I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure what happens with that. I think. I think the best thing about this is the ability to play, especially some of the you know the offline games that are sort of co-op, uh, but you can't necessarily play them online. And I think it would be. Uh, is it Daggerfall? Um, Towerfall. Towerfall. That's the one I was thinking of. Towerfall would be great for this because obviously at the moment there isn't any online multiplayer on it, uh, but you could do the couch multiplayer. Uh, just by using this feature. Built by Sony as a virtual couch for your friends to play games on. Yeah, so I reckon that would be kind of cool. I think that's probably the best thing about it, uh, more so than the... Or if you just wanted to try a game out, you know, if you wanted to... You know, your friend had Wolfenstein, for instance, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'd like to see what that's like, and he's like, oh, well, you you know, I'm not doing anything on my PS4, I'll leave it on, and you can play it for an hour and see what you think. So you, you could almost use it like a demo feature. It makes you think, well, they're just doing demos then. No, because this way you just sort of... You, you'd then be able to demo what someone else has bought so they don't have to necessarily have it on the server or anything, do they? You know, you could just go, well, my friend's got Wolfenstein. I'll ask him, can I play it for an hour just to see what I think about it? I mean, that's not how they're touting it. That's just my sort of feeling on it, you know. You could use it in that way. Yes. So, there you go. I just think I just think it's 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 a cool feature, but it's not amazing. Um, yes, new 3ds has been announced, doesn't it? With the stupidest name ever. <laughs> well, it is the new 3ds. Yeah. That's it, isn't it? What's it called? <laughs> the new 3ds. <laughs> is that really what they're calling it? Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. You, you, you couldn't, you, they couldn't come up with a worse name than Wii U. Oh, you know, and they did. How dumb yeah, but to be fair, in essence, it's still a 3ds, so it's not. It's not a different console. Do you know what I mean? It's just new. Um, I mean, it's interesting. It's got a nubbin. <laughs> Have you seen the nubbin? I'm looking at it now. This is ridiculous. They stopped putting these in laptops 10 years ago. That's well, I mean... Yes. Yes, they did. Don't lie to me. I did it, but I think they've tried to come up with a solution to the fact that it hasn't got a second analog stick. So, so, so it was like, why couldn't they use the solution of putting a second analog stick? On it? <laughs> That's because not fucking crazy, Rob. Because I don't know, they'd have to. I guess you you wonder why they couldn't just lower the buttons, but I guess because of the proximity to the start and select button, maybe it was 
they couldn't lower it enough to fit a, a second and a, a you could, know a full well, size. Could they not put the start and select button next to each other rather than on top of each other? Because they've got like a load of space next to them. They could have done. It looks to me like they should have done that. I mean, because they've actually moved the game slot to the bottom from the top. Uh, so they've done that as well to allow them to fit the nubbing in. And it's got bigger screens. Uh, it looks, I don't know, it looks kind of cool. It does look kind of cool, you know. But it's a new 3DS. They've, they've actually updated the hardware as well, though. It's a much faster processor in it uh, than the previous one. So it'll support backwards compatibility for obviously all the original 3DS games, and I think it still supports original DS games. Uh, but there, uh, there is talk that if they build a new game for it using a new processor, they, they possibly won't uh, work on all the 3DSs. So there is, there is some problem that it, using the new power that it's got, they might not be able to make it sort of compatible with the original 3DSs that are out well, there also now. Also, if you've got games that are using the, the nubbin thing, they're not going to work. Yeah, they're not going to But they said they may, the, you know, a lot of people are speculating that they may well use, um, have like two controls, control schemes, one with the nubbin and one without it, so they, it would still be compatible with all the 3DSs. Uh, but they've also added two new shoulder buttons as well. Have you seen this? Yeah, we can't remember what did they call them as well. They've got a ZR and a Z. Is it ZL? I can't remember. But they've got two buttons on the back, and that that was the primary reason for removing the the cartridge slot from the top and putting it on the bottom. So yeah, so they've got that. So again, they've got so now it's got four buttons and a nubbin, which is which they're calling a C stick. It's not a nubbin. It's a it's a C stick, apparently. Yes. I don't know. I mean, it seems a good idea, you know, to bring out a new iteration. Uh, will it be one that ends up sort of not being bought because of the fact that it, you know, there's not a lot going to be a lot of games? Because I mean, at, at the end of the day, if you're a game maker, you want to get it on as many handheld consoles as possible, don't you? What I thought so, was interesting is that they said that this has now got improved 3D as well. Whereas yeah. I, I almost thought they were moving away from that when they started doing the 2DS. Yeah, well, I think that was more of a look, uh, parents. You can afford a cheaper one now if you want it. And then they didn't have to worry about that whole thing about saying don't allow seven-year-olds to use 3D. Yeah, yeah. I think that was more aimed at the lower, the, the sort of younger market, if you will. I don't know. I mean, it, it seems like a good idea on one hand, but on the flip side of it, I also wonder um, the point of it. I sort of wonder what's the point of it, because I do feel like... Yeah, wait, maybe I have a sound clip that will explain the point of it. Money! That's the point. What do you mean, what's the point It of is, it? But, I, but I also wonder... I can't wonder understand, whether... though, it's driving Nintendo to do this. No, no, no. I wonder what, what the what's in it for the consumer, because Not from you. a developer standpoint... <laughs> Develop- be a jerk about this, but it's a very simple equation. Consumer gets nothing, manufacturer gets money. The end. Yeah, but I don't know how popular this will be with consumers. Uh, I don't know. Because, you know, as a consumer, you want to know why you'd be buying the newer version of it. Because they stopped selling the old one. Yeah, exactly. The 3DS still sells quite well. For so, some reason. But you can't, they can't really justify selling it from the same price that it used to be. So if they make an iteration, then they can still carry on selling it at a higher price. Oh, and there is one other thing I forgot about, which is probably the main reason that they're doing it. Um, it's it's also got the N- NFC tech in it. Oh, thank God! What is that? That so they can use it uh, straight away with the Amiibo figures. 
you know these things like Skylanders and Disney Infinity figures Ugh. that they're going to be bringing out. Uh, well, it's compatible with them. It's got a sensor built into it. Ugh. That's probably the main reason they're doing it, isn't it? Really? That will sell it, to be honest. All of those <laughs> yeah. games, are massive. Yeah, kids. yeah. And and to be fair, they they're sort of. Uh, they're huge money spinners, aren't they? I mean, the interesting thing is it's only being released in Japan this year in October. It's not coming to the West until 2015 sometime. So they haven't uh, announced when that's going to be happening. Well, didn't they announce, was was it for the Wii U or something? that They were doing their own version of the kind of um, Skylanders type thing, weren't they? Yeah, that's these, Ami- is it Amiibos or Amiibo or whatever they're called? Another brilliantly named thing. Yeah, Amiibo. Yeah, Amiibo figures, they're called. So yeah, so that's uh, uh, it's gonna that's save gonna, Nintendo. It's gonna save Nintendo. But to be fair, no, I mean let's be realistic here. The 3DS has sold a shitload. Yeah. You know they're they're not in any financial worries over that thing. It's I mean the Wii U. Don't get me wrong, hasn't really been brilliant, but you know that that sort of handheld still been keeping them afloat really. Um, yeah, uh, and then we've had you know we we alluded to this and talked about it last week. Uh, but Super Meat Boy Forever has been confirmed. Oh, it's a they released it with a pervy, rapey... Thing. Yeah, it's, I mean, I talked to my wife about that, and she was of the same opinion as you. What a weird way to promote a, a game. Yeah, weird. That has stupid. nothing to do with it. Yeah, it so is. So many ways you could promote a new game. You don't have to go for spying on women. I mean, I get the, I get the idea of having an anagram, you know, yeah, that's and that's fine. kind of a cool thing. But there's... Probably several different anagrams. What's yeah? No, I'm sure. What's this is. about? I've missed this. Um, so the so the Super Meat Boy creator Edmund McMillan announced that they were making a new game, and they did a teaser trailer, and it was called A Voyeur in September. Uh, it was going to be the new game, is what you know they were trying to pretend to everybody, and the, it was kind of a trailer of a dude with a camcorder filming a woman through a kitchen window in a dressing gown. What's what on earth has that got to do with Super Meat Boy? Exactly. exactly. I think it was a lot of the, you know, you know, even me at the very beginning was like, that can't be. He's not going to make a game like that. What the hell's all that about? You know. Uh, but basically, a voyeur in September was a an anagram of Super Meat Boy Forever. So that's that's kind of. But someone already worked it out. You know, I was reading down the comments. Someone went, oh, it's an anagram of Super Meat Boy Forever. That's what they're making. You know. So it didn't it didn't take much for someone to, to sort of understand why they've done that but it was just a weird it was a weird choice but i guess it you know the only thing i could come up with is that it's about as far away from a game that did make as possible really don't know very odd i mean uh, I, I don't have a problem with that i just have a problem with the gendered element no i agree with you i totally agree it just seems a weird thing for them to do yep very odd uh but anyways it's basically a mobile version. I was going to say, I'm just looking at the screenshots of it, and it looks more like a mobile game than the original Super Meat Boy. It is. It's, it's an endless these days. <laughs> it's an endless runner, apparently, oh, but Jesus. not. It's kind of an endless runner, but not. But I mean, basically, what they've said is that they wanted to uh, make a game to made money. specifically, yeah, specifically for mobiles. So the, rather than just try and adapt original Super Meat Boy to work on mobile devices, they decided it would be better to create a game from the ground up to work on uh, mobile. And so to be fair, what... there's this shares a lot in common with 
certain, you know, the original Super Meat Boy, so I'm not too worried about this. They know how to make a game, and it it'll probably be pretty fun. Now that said, it's not the second Super Meat Boy game we want, but whatever. No, or even something new, you know, like a new IP that they're, they're going to release. Yeah. Um, um, Geometry Wars 3 has been sort of demoed. Oh, yeah, huh? Yeah, and I was kind of like, well, what's this going to be like? You know, because what can they do with Geometry Wars that didn't already get done with 2, which was, you know, we, we all agree is one of the best sort of twin-stick shooters ever made. It's a great game. You know, and I don't think anybody could argue with that. But they've, it, it looks interesting. I'm, I'm kind of impressed with what they've come up with. And it's rather than it being on a flat 2D plane, they've now put it onto a 3D shape. That's very interesting. So it's kind of like the, the demo. I've, I've seen a couple of demos now of this game. And the, sort of one of them, it's almost like a cylinder, yeah. but a weird shaped cylinder. It's like the inverse and, of um, Tempest. Yes, it is like the, I like that. That's a good way of looking at it. But this is if you wrapped it in the other direction along the z-axis. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good way of looking at it, uh, and it looks kind of cool. It does look kind of cool. It's uh, interesting. It, you know, it still retained all those cool particle effects and oh, yeah. crazy shooting, and you know, ma- you know, mega ships going on that are blowing up left, right, and center. I wish this preview video had more footage of the game and less people talking. I know there's a lot of people talking. Does it still look like but a it- seizure in the making? <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. Definitely. I mean, it's interesting with this game because obviously Chinny, as we know, suffers from mild epilepsy. Uh, but he still insists on playing these types of games because he likes them. Yeah, talk about <laughs> you know? we're going to have a death from the Oculus Rift because of a heart attack. No, we're going to watch Chinny drop out one day playing Geometry Wars 3. So it looks, it looks kind of promising, but it is, as far as I can remember from, from reading the original story, it is the... Uh, one of the original developers of the the Geometry Wars from uh, Bizarre, so you know, I've I've got high hopes for this game. Yeah, you know, I think it's going to be pretty good. It does look good. It does look very good. So yeah, it's cool. But they had to. I'm I'm impressed that they've come up with something that does obviously still look. You know, it's still very clearly Geometry Wars, uh, but they've come up with a way of making it different. Yeah. So we'll have to wait and see. Oh, yeah. Um. Yeah, Australia are challenging Steam about their no-refund policy. Australia! 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 We love you! Baby. Yeah. Uh, apparently Valve is facing a federal court case for restrictions on Australian consumer law. Uh, Valve's no-returns f- uh, policy will face a legal challenge from the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission. Uh, basically, this is what they said. They said, Good day, mate. It's a breach of the Australian consumer law for businesses to state that they do not give refunds under any circumstances. There you go. So that's what they're saying, including for gifts and during sales under the Australian consumer law, consumers can insist on a refund or replacement at their option if a product has a major fault. doesn't surprise Uh, me that they want refunds bearing in mind how much they charge for games over there. Yeah, true. The consumer guarantees... Uh, provided under the Australian consumer law cannot be excluded, restricted, or modified. Now, I'm trying to think under what sort of scenario you'd be able to sort of say that it was faulty 
you know, is it is it when a game releases and it, you know, you get a major game glitch or something of that nature? When it just doesn't work. There's plenty of games yeah. out there that you can't install. I know, but then the the problem with especially with PC gaming is that it can purely be just down to your setup rather than the game. You know, it's just that for whatever reason it doesn't work with your particular sort of combination of parts in your machine for whatever reason. I don't know. It's it's going to be an interesting one to see what happens with this or how Valve will uh, respond. I don't know. That's funny. I mean, I mean, basically, I mean, Valve's only response so far, which is fairly standard, has been, uh, as with most software products, unless required by local law, we do not offer refunds or exchanges on games, DLC or in-game items purchased on our website. Yes, or yeah. Please review section three of the Steam subscriber agreement for more information. And and I think this is where they've kind of got people is the fact that if you sign up to Steam, you know, part of the conditions as a sort of, you know, purchaser from Steam is that there are no refunds. It is clear when you buy a game that it says, you know, you can't be refunded, you know, they're not it's not like they're hiding it, is it? Yeah, but it's no, it what you're saying policy though. What you're saying is Steam overrules governments. Yeah, it's interesting, yeah, exactly. isn't it? It's going to be interesting to see what uh, what happens. Uh, Gone Home is coming to the Wii U. Okay. Which is kind of an interesting choice. Uh, you know, they did say they were going to look at bringing it to consoles, uh, but the only one that they've announced so far is the Wii U, which is kind of weird. I don't know. So why would they, you know, why would they bring it to the Wii U but not to the others? Because probably it was easiest to adapt to the Wii U. I guess, but they're not. How many are they really? How many are they really gonna sell? We'll see. I mean, it's a very popular game. It's got a lot of buzz as an indie f- darling. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. But how many people who own a Wii U will be even remotely aware of? Oh, well, look. Game? Let's say there's what six people who own Wii U's. So probably <laughs> at least half of them are gonna buy it. <laughs> It just, it, I don't know. I don't, it's just weird. I mean, what, I'd almost be worried to find out what the console gaming market makes of it. Oh, I don't know. I mean, it is interesting. We we keep saying that, don't we? We all keep saying console players they won't like this, or console players won't like that. But I think console. I mean, I used to be a more out and out console player. Console players can't really be pigeonholed as much now. No, I mean. It's probably a bad thing to say because I don't. I mean, I'm not thinking of them as a whole, but certainly with the things that have gone on over the past few weeks, if that kind of minority managed to latch onto a game like that, then they'd probably try and rip that apart as well. I don't know. I mean, I think it'll be interesting. I, I would have been more interested to see how something like that would sell on one of the more major platforms. You know, that I've got a bigger install base that I may be more aware of a game like this than than the sort of an average Wii U player. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how it does on there, but it's not... I don't pretend, you know, particularly think it's the best console to bring it to. I think it, it's definitely worth having more people can actually play it, because it is a fantastic game. That's what I mean. It just seems an odd decision to bring it to the Wii U. You know, especially in light of recent, you know, like Ubisoft has said they're not bringing any any more mature titles to the Wii U. Yeah, but they didn't think to themselves like, oh, let's start by bringing this to the Wii U. Like that's just the way it happened. I expect. 
how long have they been working on it as well? Obviously, the Wii U was the first of the new consoles to be released. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. It just seems a bit uh, a bit odd. Hmm. Uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Wait and see. Wait and see. And it is a good game. I mean, there's no no doubt it's a very good game. Um, the last thing I want to talk about, and I have saved it till sort of the end, really, of the news. Um, you know, and it's it's kind of in line with some stuff we discussed last week as well. Um, but there has been some more sort of uh, gender specific issues. Oh God! I mean, okay. yeah. See, this is exactly the sort of thing I was talking about last week, and then like two days later, yeah, this breaks, and it just it breaks my heart. Like this whole thing, it just I, I wish I could just be resigned to it i wish i could just look at it and go oh there you go that's what i'm talking about but i can't like i'm just too angry for that i think i think well i'm sorry for those who don't know anita sarkeesian i posted this on the website anita sarkeesian had these tweets sent to her that were very specific that had addresses and stuff on them and she had to leave her house in order to feel safe and get the police involved and like it's sick people are taking it way too far now what are they having for a long time what I don't understand is, and this is what kind of fascinates me, is, you know, I don't necessarily agree with everything she says in her videos, no. right? No. Because sometimes I do think she plays on it a little bit to, to get a sort of, you know, and sometimes it's, it's, it's a little bit inflammatory. There's a lot of shocking you know? stuff when stuff is taken out of context and yeah, whatever. You know, uh, so I'm not there saying are criticisms I think all of us would have with the way the videos are made, but that said, I think that the basic premise of them i agree with completely and i really like i think they're beautifully made and so forth and so on but regardless even if we disagree with them you know largely your point would still be my point would be that i was going to say pretty much 90 percent of what she says is kind of true and that's the difficulty isn't it because she's not really all she's doing is pointing out something that maybe we either choose to ignore as as sort of gamers or we just kind of don't really notice it yeah of course and this is what she's been i want to point out for the record that anita sarkeesian has been doing this work for years she just has only recently turned her attention to video games and she got the same kind of negative backlash for pointing out that a lot of movies follow these same patterns as well so if people feel like she's picking on video games she's not she just happens to be looking at them right now and she happens to have the ability to do so in a very polished way which in the past she didn't have a lot of money to do that so for whatever reason the kickstarter for this video games project really blew up and now she can do it in a very polished way that really gets out in a in a big format which is great but I think it's the fact that people don't like to have their accepted assumptions um, questioned and challenged, especially guys, as I said I last week. I think there's a whole group who see when she... I mean, I almost completely agree with everything she says, um, but I think there's a whole group that think that with her saying that games are sexist, they feel like she's accusing them of being sexist. That may be. And then they fight, they fight back against it. Yeah, um, oh, sure. And I, 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 re, I really dislike the way this. It feels like, like there was. I've been seeing videos where people have accused her of being a liar, and then right. they go off on all this stuff. And most yeah. of the stuff that she, they're saying, she might have got stuff wrong. That doesn't necessarily mean a liar. People can be wrong about things. Exactly. 
Exactly. And I think that's the difference between responding in a sense of dialectic of like, well, look, here's the way I read that scene or, you know, I disagree with this part of your discussion because I interpret that in a different way. That's one way of dealing with it. The other way is to sort of demonize and attack. And I'll say for the record that I don't like when people have that same approach to political people that I disagree with. So, you know, when George W. Bush was in office, people would sometimes be like, oh, he's Hitler. He's a fascist. He's this. He's that. I'm like, dude, look, I hate his policies. Like, that's the end of it, you know? And I think that there are lots of ways of disagreeing with someone like Anita Sarkeesian in an intelligent and respectful way. That's not the way it generally happens. And that's disgusting, and we should demand better. You see, I'd like to say that a lot of the people who made these comments are sort of teenagers who don't know any better, but Honestly, I don't think that's the case. And there's no way for us to know. So there isn't. You know, but it's unlikely. Case. You know? Some of them are just kids blowing off steam or you know, thinking they're cool or whatever. But there's also some of them that are, that are adults. And either way, it's not acceptable. And as a gaming community, we have a responsibility to say, look, this isn't the way we do things. We yeah. – and, and I, you know, look. Stu and I and Chinny and, you know, Rob, obviously, you know, our discussion about The Last of Us before the show today, we know how to have a discussion that can be passionate without being virulent or nasty. And I think that's the most important thing anybody can ever do when they talk about things of any sort, you know, is to figure out how to have a discussion that that isn't, you know, I'm not a lot of people seem to think that either you go for the jugular and you try to make the other person feel horrible and stupid or you you're passive and nice and everybody's like, OK, it's fine, whatever. And I say, no, there's a third way. You know, you can have that passionate belief and view and state your thing and bang on the desk or whatever. But at the end of the day, you know what? We're all humans and we're going to show some respect. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. I mean, I'm just looking at some of the comments on, obviously, on this story here. And, the, you know, the the one of the comments is this. It's bad that, that things have to escalate, escalate to this level, but it's to be expected if you are going to anger large groups of anonymous well, that people annoyed on the me. internet. I've read a few. There's been a, a bunch of these kind of things. Why? Why is that okay, though? This, you know, because... The people, who, people who said, like, basically, she should expect this, or she, sh- yeah. she shouldn't post inflammatory things online because this is the kind of thing that's going to happen as if that's some kind of reason not to right i mean people said the same thing to martin luther king when he went into the south saying we want to end segregation people said the same thing to gloria steinem and you know the founders of ms magazine i mean this is always the approach that you know generally right thinking people say when they don't want to accept the fact that this is an unacceptable response yes she should expect it that doesn't make it okay it's weird, isn't it? I mean, I don't, I don't understand why people get the knickers in a twist so much about stuff like this because it's, it's kind of hard to argue with a points, really. Well, I think half the time it's people not either haven't understand it or aren't really paying any, or they're not really interested in understanding it. People seem to feel threatened by things. Yeah, um, and know, I think it why... can work on both sides as well, but the. People think that their their games are being threatened. Whereas, as far as I can tell, all she's or mostly all she's doing is just highlighting like stereotypes, things that get overused. Which, as far as I'm concerned, all that's really doing is saying this exists. Why we should probably try and do things a bit more different to make it a bit more interesting. Exactly. I mean, there's certain parts where maybe she talks about how video games can influence people. I'm not totally sure how how that how true that is but 
no one really does. But certainly, like young people, it, it can do. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I think that one of the points that she makes is that you know these the way that we interact with games is in some ways a reflection of how we think not consciously usually and this is one of those moments where i would sort of disagree that you know she seems to present um the evidence of harm to women in these games and rightly so but you know, then she sort of downplays the evidence of harm to men in these games. Now, I think she's right when she points out that, you know, for instance, in the most recent video, she says that dead female bodies often are posed in sexualized ways and they often have this eroticized violence thing that we see in a lot of places, not just video games, but also music and movies and other places. And that's troubling. Um, but, But the point is that those things are revealing disturbing aspects of our ideas about gender and that's one thing that i think she's right on about well i mean there's the other thing that i've heard that argument before saying oh she's completely ignoring men in that the show's called feminist frequencies it's it's about women i mean that's the point and i mean that people just discuss like how many women are in gaming and all that kind of stuff but quite frankly they're still marketed at men and these the games that she's talking about are still mostly played by men so i mean it is to actually portray a more accurate um, portrayal of women. And to, yeah, yeah, I mean, when you play a variety of portrayals of women, because they generally tend to be one of about five or six different tropes, as she points out. To be honest, I, I also yeah. think that, I don't even know, if, oh, I don't know if she would have a problem with it, but say if you had a game that was like blatantly sexist, things like Dead or Alive and Volleyball or whatever, yeah. that is, it's, it is ridiculous, but it's made to be that. I mean, right. it is made for teenage boys. Right, but games where they're made to be a bit more realistic, then there's more of a problem with it. I think. Yeah, I agree. I was, I was thinking, thinking about it. when was the last when was the last time you played an open world game that didn't have either strippers or prostitutes in it? No, that's a good question. No, I mean even even in the Metro games, the the, the I mean what's what's kind of interesting for me though is like talking about more open world games is you know the sort of the girl warrior has a bikini on and the man warrior has armor. Right, exactly. And he's like, well, even in a real-life setting, that wouldn't really be suitable clothing for fighting people in, yet it seems kind of totally acceptable that that's that's the way it is in those types of games. You know, it's like, why is the female character got a bikini on? Right, and again, I think this comes back to Rob's point about what the purpose of the game is, because in those instances, and again, it's not just video games. We see this in role-playing games, of tabletop variety, and lots of other places. You know, you, oftentimes, the purpose of those designs isn't to demonstrate what would really be worn by a woman, but rather, what do guys want to look at and get excited? Well, I mean, it's interesting. That which brings me to another point, and, you know, I've heard people we know uh, say this and I, and I don't know whether it's a, a, a bad thing or not really but I've heard people say you know they pick to play a female character especially in third person games just so, so they can watch their ass when they're playing the game dude I'm sorry if that's how you're getting your jollies yeah. you got some problems man I mean I, whatever like uh, you know, to an extent, the, yes, male bodies are, you know, whatever, biologically predisposed to look at certain things. But I'm sorry. I, I think that's pathetic. And I think that our relationships to women have to be based on something a little more mature. Yeah, I agree. And I, and I do think uh, Bethesda does it 
in a pretty good way. You know, their games, if you play a female character, they tend to have the same armor as the male characters. You know, there's no differentiation, really, yeah. as far as what they're wearing. It's just a sort of female version of what the male character Although, in some wear. ways, I would say that that could be classed as a problem as well. The fact that, that you do have these games where there is no difference between the female characters and the men characters, when that's not basically real, is it? There is a difference between men and women. Yeah. No, no, I do, I do think there's a difference. But what I'm saying is, it's it's, it's appropriate to their sex. It's it's, it's a much less ridiculous difference in terms oh, yeah. of yeah. trade, which which makes it more. I mean, look, there are, I believe, there are biological differences between male and female, but they're not nearly as gross and exaggerated as a lot of people like to make them out. So. Yeah, I mean, when you've got games like, especially you know, and unfortunately, it tends to be more in Japanese games than anything else, where you know. The, the perfecting the breast physics of the game, that's that's kind of not a good thing, is it? <laughs> it shows yeah. where their priorities are, and their priorities are not in making the games realistic or empowering. So you know, in all of those, yeah. they tend to have a kind of a ridiculous slant to that as well. I but I'm always curious because you get a, a lot of these kind of um, the outrage and all of that kind of stuff tends to come from the West. I'm I wonder if they do have an equivalent of this in Japan. People getting upset about I mean, all that kind of stuff. When you, I mean, when you take a game like Lollipop Chainsaw, and one of the achievements was looking up a skirt. You know that was a, well, that was a Western guy. That was actually the guy who directed um, Guardians of the Galaxy, wasn't it? No, no, no. The, the Lollipop Chainsaw was made by Suda Fifty One. Yeah, but was, was, was it Japanese not? Guy. Was it not directed by James Gunn? I thought he had something to do Could have with been. It. Not, that, not that I was aware of. It, it was, as far as I know, it's a Suda Fifty One game, and you know he's a crazy Japanese bloke. So, anyway, you could be right, though. I, I can't argue with you, but uh, you could be right. But the, the, like I say, there was an achievement in that game where if you, it, it, it made it very difficult to get the angle of the camera in the game to look up a skirt. Yeah, it was a collaboration between Suda51 and filmmaker James Gunn. Well, there you go. I never knew that. So there you go. There you go. But anyway, yeah, that, that was one of the achievements. But when you've got something like that in the game, you know, it's, it's kind of going too far, really, isn't it? Yeah. All right, what's next? Let's move on. Uh, right, what's next? We're gonna we're gonna lighten the mood slightly. Yay, lighten the mood. We're gonna lighten the mood, we'll and we're racism. gonna start. <laughs> I know, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna start that off with a speak pipe uh, oh, that we received snap. this week. Uh, only one this week. Speak pipe. It's the way to leave an no, no, and it's short too. It's only eighteen seconds. There you go. Only one this week. Here, Here we it comes. Go. Yellow. Would you rather? Uh, this is Geza forty two responding to our Would you rather challenge. Have no hands but rule the world. Ooh, I wouldn't like that. Or have hands but have nothing. Exactly. Work <laughs> that fucker out. <laughs> All right. Well, Rob. So there you go. Well, now, to be fair, he didn't respond. He gave me the idea to put it up on Facebook. Oh, is that the... Okay, I got it. Yeah, yeah, so that came through and I thought, oh, chicken yeah, I'll see egg, man. Apparently, the chicken came first. If you have you hands go. but have nothing, then what are you going to touch? Ooh. So, ooh. Now it's going deep. It's going deep down, man, deep. Yeah. Yeah, deep, man. I will, um, my hands are too important to me. I would not give them up even to have the power to rule the world. Yeah, because, you know... You shouldn't really have all that. If you have your hands, you can make something out of nothing. 
There you go. You see, you could make something out of nothing. Can I, um, can I have like one hand and then just like live a normal? No, that's not the question. You can't have the world and have one hand. Yeah, so I, I, you can't make up your own. I don't. I don't <laughs> want to. I don't want to rule the world. We insist on. <laughs> what do you mean? Can I have one hand and only rule half the world? <laughs> I don't. It's um, a great pain in the ass. <laughs> what should we do about this plan? Oh, God, get away from me. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think I'd keep my hands as well. I think I'm with you on this. Welcome to oh. your speakpipe. Oh, I like that song. It's a good song. It is a good song. Uh, so yeah, so I, I think I keep my hands. You, you're you're oh, going to yeah. keep your hands on there and have nothing. And uh, Rob, um, are you keeping your hands? Although, keep Rob, hands. if only your hands. Hands, you could then answer the question, what's the sound of one hand clapping? So. <laughs> it's half as loud as that. I'll keep my hands, but only because I don't want to rule the world. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Now then, I have to say, we have just received another speech. <gasps> so I'm going, to forward, I'm going to forward this to forward you. Forward it. And, uh... Dead air song! Oh, I know, I'm going to do it now. And we'll see what this one is. Who knows what this is? We don't know. You know what it is. You just looked at it. I've not, I've not, no, I've oh not listened to it. Oh my goodness. How this long is, is it? Just live and unrehearsed. Here it is. And this, here we go. It's I don't know Sean, what this is. 14 seconds. Here we go. G'day guys, Sean Tittle or V8 Murphy here from Australia. Just wondering. Wait, wait, wait. Before you say that, i got to play this. Australia, 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 we love you, Oh, it's like midnight over there now. What other podcasts are you guys on and when? Um, yeah, it'd be nice to know. Cheers, fellas. Well, Rob, you should take that one. Yeah, go, Rob. <laughs> I'm also on The Boss Wave that gets released whenever we get around to actually doing boss, it. Boss, 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 boss. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, that's kind of funny because we're not really on any other podcasts. Are we occasionally? Syncast? Oh, yeah, of course. Tell them all about Two that. years. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you can't beat a bit of the didactics in casting. Well, if you can ever find it. And Chinny's just some sort of like podcast slag who gets himself around he everywhere. It's on every it? podcast. Oops, that was. Sorry, I apologize. That was kind of sexist. He's, he's a. Sexist. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sexist. Um, yeah, he's a he's a yeah he, he's just a figure social of social butterfly. Uh, yeah, he's a, he, he was on the bus. He, he likes to he likes to get around a bit. Does Ginny? That's a good show. He likes to get around. So there you go. Hey, um, thanks for those big pipes. But yes, thank you. Uh, but no, we don't uh, we don't tend to uh, get around. Occasionally we do, but Sometimes. not very often. Sometimes we do. Yeah. Sometimes. So anyway, going back. Well, so I thought, well, what what about if I put it out there? What other would you rather's can we get? You see? <laughs> what would other people <laughs> beat that, you Facebook comment junkies? So, are you ready for this? Here we go. Are you ready? Ready. Right. The first one is from Armar Parvez, and he says this: You could either fly at ten miles an hour or run at a hundred miles an hour. Which would you go for? Fly. As I know, so you'd like to run. fly I'd like to 100 miles. miles an hour, obviously, but I know what it's like to run. I want, I want to know what it's like to fly. That'd be awesome. Yeah, okay. I'd fly. You see, 
I kind of like the flying thing, but then I think I could definitely get to places quicker if I could run at 100 miles an hour, and it would cost much less in petrol. That's true. You see, you've got to think of practicalities, man. You wouldn't even need a car, would you? You know, if you could run everywhere at 100 miles an hour, you could... Well, you, you could like exhausted, though. It also... Well, he didn't say that. It'd make bringing your shopping back quite difficult. Not necessarily. He doesn't say you're not going to be exhausted. You'd just have to steal one of the trolleys that didn't have one of those weird locks on when you went beyond the 100 metres of the supermarket. Yeah. It'd be fine. And I imagine you'd have to... All the money you spend on petrol, you'd probably have to spend on shoes. Yeah, do you know, I just did think that. I just think... But let me ask you this, though. If you if you did it in slippers, would you be able to go faster than 100 miles an hour? No, you'd be slower because your feet would be sliding all over the place. No, but, no, no, but no, you, no. But you slippers? might get sued by Peter Kay for stealing his jokes. Then. You might do. You might do because slippers are fast. <laughs> uh-uh. It would sound like yeah, this. Are. Wait. <laughs> That's some cartoon <laughs> sound effects right there. That's brilliant. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Perfect. Perfect for that. So, yeah, no, I think I'd go for the running at 100 miles an hour. That's what I'd be going with. Okay, next one. This one's from Matt Austin, and he says, would you rather have the hiccups for the rest of your life or feel like you needed to sneeze and wouldn't be able to for the rest of your life? Rob, you take this one. Um, Probably feel like you sneeze, I think. Yeah, I assume you'd get used to that, whereas hiccuping would just be annoying. Yeah, I've kind of go with that as well. What about yeah, you, Jude? I think that's a good way to think about it. I mean, hiccups are horrible, but I, I, you know, it's weird. Every time I get the hiccups, I just take a really, really, really long, deep breath, and then they stop. That's right, because you're getting your diaphragm back I, into where it should be. Something, I don't know, it just works. So, I don't know, like, I think hiccups are really annoying to a point where, I mean, one needing to sneeze and not being able to is annoying, but it's not nearly as annoying as having the hiccups. So. You do you do know what causes the hiccups, don't you? Nah. Frogs? No, basically what causes your diaphragm gets out Frog. of sync with your lungs. <laughs> my, my, my girlfriend always had a technique for getting rid of uh, hiccups. So she never had it for very long. Yeah. and then Scared the shit out of you. No, I can't even remember what it was, some bizarre thing. But then one time yeah. it didn't work, and she was actually like freaking out because she had the hiccups for like five or ten minutes. But the problem is I couldn't really give her any sympathy for that because it's just <laughs> what everyone else has. But yeah, I've got to go with a sneeze. The reason I go with a sneeze, though, is because the hiccups are kind of not only annoying for you, but they're annoying for everybody around you as well. You know, if you're out in public... You know, it would piss everybody else off. Whereas the sneeze thing, you could kind of keep it on the inside, couldn't you? And sometimes it kind of feels nice when you need to sneeze. But yeah, but know, that, yeah. that's when you do sneeze, though. Right. You wouldn't have the, yeah, I guess. The, you have the build up, but not the release. That constant tickle, you know, maybe get on your nerves after a while. But at least you wouldn't be causing a nuisance in public, would you? Well, you know, you, you could still you go walk out. around going, ah, ah. I guess. I guess. Uh, So there you go. Anyway, Michael Edwards, he says bacon or sausage sandwich, which is no good for Duke. (laughs) Wait, what's the question? Would you rather? Bacon or sausage sandwich? Well, but I have, there's veggie versions of both of those. Okay. And sausage is better because bacon, I mean, it depends on the sandwich. If it's a biscuit sandwich, not what you call biscuits, but I guess you call them scones or whatever. But yeah, yeah. You put some egg and cheese on that sucker, and you could do either. But if it's like a BLT, obviously you want bacon. 
Yeah, I get, I get you right there. Rob, what about you? It's tricky because my favourite is a bacon and sausage sandwich. Oh, you see a combination of both. You're not That's allowed. That's cheating. That. No, you got to. Yeah, you're not allowed. So I'd, I'd probably say bacon. So that was what I started with before I discovered the delights of adding sausage. Oh yeah. What sort? What, what sort of sausage do you like? Though? Cheap ones. Do you, yeah. Do you know it's funny? It's a funny thing. Dirty sausages are a funny thing, aren't they? I don't know if it's in like a northern thing, like just growing up. Where my mum always get, got us the cheap stuff, but yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. used to it all, and I prefer it. I mean, if you're gonna go all out, you've got to get the ones from Iceland because <laughs> that's like the worst supermarket ever for shit, right? I mean, there's probably about. I mean, I'm not being funny, Duke. You could probably eat one of these sausages and and barely be eating meat. You know what I mean? Yeah, horse it's like kelp filler. Yeah, it's about. Five percent meat in these things, you know. It's it's all the sort of sawdust they sweep up off the floor and shit. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I'm I'm kind of you see, and a, as well, I think if you get like a good sausage with loads of meat in, they're kind of a bit chewy as well, aren't they? You you kind of want that crappy, dirty sausage in a sandwich somehow, you know, or a, even a deep fried savoy. You can't beat a savoy sausage, can you? Sure, but for me. I kind of like a sausage sandwich because it seems to have a bit more substance. You know, you feel like you're getting more, but then you can't beat a bit of bacon, can you, really? This, it's this, a very tough choice. It's a shame he's not here because this question seems tailor-made for Chinny. It does. It yeah. does. Uh, so, so uh, Rob, you're bacon. You're going for bacon. Yeah. That's right, isn't it? Uh, Jude, you, you said the veggie sausage. Is that right? Yeah, I go for sausage in general. You have veggie sausage. And I'm I'm probably going to wear on bacon. What sauce would you have on it, though? Tomato. Tomato. Uh-huh. And uh, Duke, what uh-huh. sauce do you have on your sausage butty? Uh, mustard's good. I like mustard. Mm, bit of mustard. Something spicy and uh, hot. Uh, what what type of mustard do you have over there? What do you I go like for? A good brown mustard. Right. Yeah, you know, okay. like stone ground, whatever. I don't know. Now I'm I'm kind of a tomato ketchup person as well. I've got to say, so that'd be uh, my sauce would be tomato ketchup. Uh, and then Amar said after that, do you like brown sauce or ketchup on your chips? See, I don't know about this uh, brown sauce stuff. Brown sauce is HP. Wrong. Yeah, I don't like brown sauce. I must admit. Well, there you go. It's a unanimous decision. But well, he kind of isn't because. I'm a bit American. American. I like a bit of mayonnaise with my cheese. You know, it's funny. That's not American. That's uh, Dutch, isn't it? Well, it's definitely European because the first time I ever heard about that was in Pulp Fiction when John Travolta talks about it. And he's like, when he was over in Europe and they, I guess he was in Amsterdam. So, yeah, that would make sense. that they. I always think he's an American thing. In he goes, I've seen him do it. They drown him in that stuff. And it was he was so disgusted. And I was like, ooh, that sounds kind of good. And then I, I, once in a while I'll do that because I tried it after he said that. And I was like, ooh, that is kind of good. And you know what's, you know what's even but better? But we put mayonnaise on everything. So, in a way, that is kind of an American thing. You know what's even better than mayonnaise what's on chips? Mary Rose sauce on chips. Oh, Mary man, that's so... sauce. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mary Rose sauce. Which, is, if, you, if you've ever been to the UK, right, we have this really old starter back from the 80s called a prawn cocktail. Okay. And it's, it's basically, I guess you'd, I don't know what you'd call it, a shrimp cocktail, I guess, over yeah. there. Mm. So, so it's a bit of iceberg lettuce in the bottom. You've got to have it shredded, though. Shredded iceberg. Some prawns or shrimps on top, and then Mary Rose sauce. And Mary Rose sauce oh, okay. is made. So it's by, like a it's the cocktail sauce. Yeah, cocktail yeah. sauce. It's made by mixing uh, ketchup 
and mayonnaise together with a little bit of Tabasco sauce and some cayenne pepper usually. All right. So it's got a little bit of spice and lemon juice, of course, and a bit of salt and pepper. Uh, but it's good with chips. I can definitely recommend it with or fries in your case. Uh, I've started going just pure for proper chippy chips, just going pure salt and vinegar. Yeah, do you know, I've never liked vinegar. I've never been a vinegar person. No, I'm not a vinegar person at all. No. Uh, anyway, I, Pete, he says, would you rather spend the rest of your life, uh, life missing a leg or missing an arm? I think missing a leg would be less inconvenient, although, don't get me wrong, it would be horribly inconvenient. But I think I could probably do better. I, the hands are just so important to me. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I think I'd rather be missing a leg because uh, if you were missing an arm, it would make it way more difficult to play video games. Well, that too. I go for mi- you know missing I mean? a leg because then I get to have, get a life's ambition of being able to have a short mobility. That's a terrible thing to say. <laughs> I know, but Sorry, I shot it. You need that lazy. Yeah, and and you get a nice cheap car. Yeah, take that, disabled people. But you could have those cool new legs with the bouncing stuff on them. You know what I'm talking about? The what? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the the dude who killed his his girlfriend in in South Africa. Yeah. The blades. The blades. Yeah. But that's the difference, isn't it? It depends on where the leg gets cut off from, isn't it? Below the knee makes a big difference. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. But if you're in this area, you get to choose where it goes. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Uh, anyway, uh, Mark Singh, he says, do you prefer African elephants or Indian elephants? And P.S., do you know the difference Next. between the two? So which do you prefer? No, you've got to answer the question. Uh, I've not, African. Yeah. And why, why do you prefer an African elephant? Because uh, I had to pick one. <laughs> okay, Rob. I've not tasted either. <laughs> I reckon it'd be a bit tough elephant, actually. I can't imagine eating one. Not a whole one, anyway. It'd take a while. You could get a lot of burgers, though, couldn't you? Out of one elephant, probably. Probably. <laughs> you know, minced elephant. Um, you know, well, personally, I'd go with the Indian elephant because I like the idea of having two humps on its head as opposed to one. There you go. <laughs> and the fact it's slightly smaller as well. The African elephants, they're a bit big. They're a bit big. They're a, they're a lot bigger than an Indian elephant as well. Yeah. yeah. And and I've seen more films where people are riding on Indian elephants than African ones, so I think they're a bit more friendly as well somehow. It's just easy, they're smaller, they're easier to get on. That's right. See, they're a bit smaller, they're a bit cuter somehow. You know what I mean? You know, and they've got smaller ears. You know, and and African elephants—they're all a bit vain, aren't they? And a bit full of themselves because even their ears are in the shape of Africa. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So, it's it's an Indian elephant all the way for me. Uh, and anyway, he's he's a difference between the two. He's about six thousand miles, to be precise. So there you go. And uh, finally, David Tripney he says, "Would you rather uh, be an internationally acclaimed, award-winning singer or actor?" Uh, actor, because nobody wants to hear me sing. That's true. No yeah, one true. wants to hear me sing. See, see, you were all yeah. begging me to stop right there. We were. Yeah. Definitely. And um, Rob? Yeah, I think I'd go you? actor. Yeah. You see, I'd go actor as well because, I'm not being funny, singers have a fairly, um, well, most singers have a fairly short shelf life, really, don't they? 
you know, actors, they're still bloody going when they're in the bloody 90s, aren't they? Until they cr- Most of them, female actors don't get to do that, except for... Um, they, they well, do. Look at Judy Dench, man. She's well, well There's like three exceptions. Most Helen Mirren. Yeah, I'm saying I said her. There's like three exceptions. Most of the time, women peak when they're like 30. Meg Ryan hasn't been around in 20 years. Mm, I mean, you know, give yeah. and take. Whatever. Anyway, my point is, it also, if you're an actor, you get to meet other actors, and I'd much rather meet a bunch of cool actors than, you know, sing. I mean, there's singers I'd like to meet, but... I'd be much more interested in meeting. Yeah, and in general, they get paid way much, much more money than. Well, there's singer. always the question of the cash. There is the cash. I think I might change my opinion if it was like being in a band rather than just being the singer. Yeah, that's true. It could be cool to be part of a band. Nah, not unless you're the writer. Why? Well, you, you could be. Because you don't get as much cash unless you're the writer. Well, if they're sort of world famous, so I think doesn't really matter if like what yeah, part right. of the band you are you're still going to be doing all right yeah but you reckon the rest of those take that people you know are as much cash as gary barlow who wrote all the songs but they're not really internationally famous <laughs> they were they were pretty famous not in america and to be fair you know if you look at like one direction for instance who are famous in america you know i'm pretty much everywhere in the frigging world where there's you know people um they, I mean, they probably make hardly... I mean, they make money, don't get me wrong. They they make money. But, you know, they make nothing off the, the songs, do they, if they don't have, you know, have a hand in writing them in any way, shape, or form. My, my girlfriend watches these shows where it's like reunions of like old bands that no one really cared yeah, about. Yeah. And it's like every, every single one of them, they've all got the story about how they're all massively in, in debt afterwards because none of them made yeah, any well, they money. Yeah, they make no money. They make no money, really. You know, it's the writer of the songs who makes all the cash. There you go. There you go. Um, okay, we did get a few on the Twitters, Fear. So we did get some off the Twitters. Uh, Hit it! Saw a pretty girl just the other day. She winked and she smiled, walked across my way. I couldn't figure out just what to say, so I twittered it. Twit, twit, twittered it, twittered it. Okay, first one's from... Uh, Evanescence seven oh four one and he asked me did I did I watch the, you didn't watch that movie did you Stu I watched it last night how funny is that right about the would you rather there must have been a movie on about it and I said no I didn't I didn't you know it was because someone sent a speak pipe and I thought oh yeah that's a good idea but he had one from the film which is this uh, would you rather give yourself a huge electric shock or the person sat next to you well, there's no one sitting next to me, but I'd yeah. rather not give anyone an electric shock, and I'd also rather not get one myself. Well, what if you don't have a choice, though? You've if got to either shock myself, yourself. I'll sacrifice me to save oh, that's That's very good of you, that is. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Rob? Would you shock yourself or, or someone sat next to you? I'd shock myself. Oh, you're, you're all very... Well, uh, I'm quite cynical, so I would assume that if I was being told <laughs> that I could do this, that they would be told it as well. Oh, I see. I, I like your ideas. Uh, the experiment, eh? The experiment, I like it. Um, I think it depends on whether I like the person sat next to me or not. <laughs> if, if it was someone I didn't really like, you know, I'd just give them the shock, zap, you know what zap. I mean? Zap, zap, baby. I'd be more likely to shock someone if I did like them, I think. Really? Why? Because then I think they would possibly be more likely to understand it, or depending on the <laughs> on the level of shock. <laughs> In the same way that, that's a terrible logic, well, in it. I like you a lot, so I shock you. Well, no, it, it, I, it's in the same way that you tend to sort of doing banter and insulting with your friends and things like that when you wouldn't say that to a stranger. 
I'm sorry you're dead and all, but, you know, I thought you'd understand. <laughs> no one said it was a lethal shock. Well, he's a huge one, so, you know, it could be lethal, I guess. <laughs> Did you have a... <laughs> there was a thing on this week called 50 Ways to Kill Your Mammy. Did you see it? Don't think so. Uh, it, it, you know, don't get me wrong, it's trashy TV, but it was very, very funny. And there's this Irish guy whose mum said to him she'd like to do a skydive for whatever birthday it was. And that got him to thinking, because he said she could die doing a skydive, and then it got him to thinking, what other things could she die doing? So he's decided to take her around the world to do crazy shit, and she's like in her 70s, uh, you know, nearly 80. horrible. He's trying to kill his stepmother. And he was in America, and he went with these bounty hunters, right, you know, out like on a sort of, to catch criminals and stuff. And uh, they had a taser. So he got his mum to taser him. Well, that's pretty funny. (laughs) If he's the one it was very it. funny, right? And she's like, and she's Irish, and she's going, no, no, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And he's like, come on, mum, it's not going to hurt that much. And she's like, and she's like, have you done it before? And he's like, no, no, but how bad can it be, right? So, so he turns, so he turns around, and she tases him, right? And he just falls like a tree, you know, like onto the floor. And he's like, and the guy's counting to five or whatever, five seconds because he says, "I'll see you." And he's like, "Oh my god, that was so painful!" Right? And he's going, "You just shot me in the back. How could you? How could you do that to your own son?" And she was getting really upset about it. He, he clearly never had the educational benefits of watching Jackass. No, it was very, it was like that. It was very, very funny. It was very funny. But uh, Anyway, that's another thing. Anyway, here we go. Here's another one. Uh, this one's from Stu Leckie, and he says, would you rather buy a PS4 or an Xbox One? Keeping it gaming. Uh-huh. Well, I am getting a PS4. And I've already got a PS4. Um, I guess the way I'd, I'd sort of view this is, would I do it any differently now? You know, if I had the choice now, would I still go with a PS4? And the answer I came up with was probably yes. Um, because it just still seems to be more value in PS Plus than there is in Xbox Live at the moment. I mean, I know they're getting better at games with gold and all that kind of stuff, but I still think there's more. For me personally, with PS3 still and the Vita, there's still more you know, value for me. Uh, and uh, Duke... What would you go? What would you rather get? I I just haven't made up my mind. I'm thinking Xbox One, but who knows? Who knows? Uh, And we have got a a final one. You ready for the final one? Ready. And this one's from Big Bad Daddy, Richard Webster, who uh, is on Gate occasionally on the uh, Overseas Connection podcast, etc. And he says this, you're stranded on a desert island uh, with only one game. Would you rather play... Techno Kitten Adventure or Project Milo? Techno Kitten Adventure. Yeah, yeah. And Rob? I don't know what either of them are. What? Are you crazy? No, that's fine. (laughs) By the sounds of it, not knowing what those are makes me a bit more sane. Well, Project Milo was the Peter Molyneux creepy kid on the TV thing. Do you not remember this? I, I think I remember hearing about it. Yeah, it was when they very first announced the Kinect camera. And, uh, you know, Peter Molyneux came out doing his usual shit. Oh, we're going to bring this thing called Project Milo and you'll be able to talk to him and he'll understand what you're saying and he'll be able to reply and respond and all this kind of crazy stuff. Uh, and it was really, really sweet. <laughs> 
There you go. That's Techno Kids and Adventure. <laughs> and Techno Kids and Adventure is a is basically a mobile game, and it was originally on Xbox Live uh, indie games back in the day. And it's basically you press a button and the kitten goes up and you let go and it falls down and you've just it's got Flappy Bird. Go. It's the original Flappy Bird. It's basically Flappy Bird. Yeah. But in, in that case, my answer would depend on is Project Milo what Peter Molyneux said it would be or what he would have actually been able to produce. It never happened. Yeah, it never would have happened either, but... It never got beyond the sort of demo thing that he did for Kinect. If it's what he claimed it was going to be, then, uh, yeah, I'd go for that, because then I'd have someone to talk to. Yeah, kind of, but then, the I don't know, I think it'd get a bit weird after a bit. So, And you'd, he'd send you crazy, because you'd start to believe he understood what you were really saying to it. So, yeah, well, if you, if you go with what Peter Molyneux says, then he, he probably reckoned it would. Yeah, well, he's he's kind of just crazy in general. Isn't he's he, really? definitely crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so that's kind of it. We have got a couple of emails, so we'll quickly read those. Very, very, very quickly. Oh, oh, Whoa, that ruled. Well, the first one is very quick. It's from Stu Leckie. Stu Leckie, he says, nominated. He said, I would like to nominate Duke to finish writing his latest book. <laughs> Stu to continue to play Woz Games. Well, that's not going to be difficult, is it? Yeah. And she needs to get a flipping haircut, you hippie. <laughs> Two out of three ain't bad. I mean, Two out of three ain't bad. Peter to hear any of this. No, he isn't. Uh, peace out, Stu Lecky, 52. Yes, that's so, Stu Lecky. So thank you, Stu. And we have uh, one final one from Jason. <laughs> he says this. Uh, How did season two work out for you in The Walking Dead? I'm only on episode four. In the early 80s, Showbiz Pizza, Chuck E. Cheese and Crystal's Pizza were a video gaming kid's most glorious dream come true. Yeah. Now you can relive these dreams as a nightmare with Five Nights at Freddy's on Steam made for Duke. <laughs> Have you seen this? Have you seen this game? I've seen this, oh, yeah. What is it called? Yeah, it looks, it looks it's called Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I did see this. Uh, it's like, don't look at the screens because they're going to move towards you and you yeah. don't see when they're moving. So it's kind of a cool, it looks kind of a cool game, I've got to say. Interesting. It's definitely a was game. Um, in September, my decision lies with one of these titles. Sherlock Holmes, Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor or FIFA 15. What do you think? In October, I must choose between these, Alien Isolation or The Evil Within. Help me make these decisions more clear. So which game should he get, or which game should he get? Uh, so Sherlock Holmes, uh, Middle Earth, or FIFA 15, Earth. what should he Middle Earth and... Uh, I, think, I think I'd probably go Middle Earth out of them, though. Yeah, do you know, you see, as I know Jason quite well... I reckon he should go Sherlock Holmes because I just think he'd kind of enjoy that more. Actually, yeah, thinking about it, he would he would prefer that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Sherlock Holmes, and I'm kind of interested in that myself. I think it could be quite a good game. And FIFA, well, do you know what? Just get FIFA 14 because no one really cares. That's true. You could get the oldest FIFA there is, and it'd be basically the same game. Yeah, unless you're really that arsed about playing online with the latest little tweaks or whatever the hell they've done, get 14, you'll probably get yeah. it for next to nothing. Exactly. Uh, and Alien Isolation or The Evil Within? It's a tougher, that's a bit tougher. I've, I think, from playing the demo for Alien Isolation, I think you should go with that. 
But then Evil Within could be kind of cool and weird as well. So I don't know. That's a tough. That's a tougher choice. I've got to say, tough choice. Uh, anyway, he says this. So far, FIFA and Alien sound like solid picks for me. Uh, but could you have a good reason to change my mind? We all know how Stu loves FIFA. Not so much. He'll say Middle Earth. Well, I didn't. Uh, but what is so great about it? Or the Evil Within? I think well, I don't know. The Evil Within mm. looks like it's going to have more blo- like bodily fluids in it, and I know how much he likes bodily fluids. That's true. That's true. That could be the that could be the selling point. Uh, last, I would like to give The Walking Dead on Pinball FX 2 a huge compliment. I am more into the pinball arcade, but this Walking Dead table on Pinball FX is awesome. Uh, this time, when given the chance to save Doug or Carly, I went with Carly, even though we all know she has a gun. Okay. Uh, as the table declares, starve for help. Yeah, this is my PSN ID. Get on your PS4 and add me as a friend so we can complete uh, kill zombies and save Clementine. Season one can't be beat, can it? Well, no, but that doesn't mean season two's not good. Ah, uh, uh. mm. so there's not necessarily competition. Yeah, no. So my, my yeah. spoilers for for season one of The Walking Dead, there, <laughs> yeah. which is a, which a while old now. Uh, so that's that's kind of it. So we do need to do some shout-outs and get the hell out of here. So thank you to everybody who contributed yeah, via speedpipes and emails and Twitter and Facebook and all that shit. And Rob, over to you as the guest. What would you like to do? Who would you like to shout-out? Well, I'll shout-out Seth and Chris from the Boss Wave and Zach. We miss you, dude. Ah, uh, miss man. Miss him. Uh, Duke, over to you. Is that a quick one? Very quick. There you go, Duke. I will shout out our new member, SniperSteve77. Yay, thank you for joining. And I will shout out Verbal Rob for filling in when Chinny the Hoser cannot fill in to be here because he's a loser. Um, yeah. That's the way you feel, diva, like the flaws and I will shout out Chinny for being too cool to podcast with us. And I'll shout out Stu for making it happen. And I'll shout out David Tripney for always sending me cool pics and things on Twitter. And I will shout out New Beginnings because they're going to start a whole new world. A whole new world. See, again, people wanted me to stop singing right there. And I will shout out The Duchess because she rocks. There you go. Uh, well, I'd also like to shout out Rob for filling in at short notice for the ever-absent Chinny. It's my pleasure. And, uh, yeah, and as much as it pisses me off when he doesn't turn up, you know, for whatever reason, and he doesn't really piss me off that much, to be fair, uh, you know, I do miss him when he isn't here. Yeah. I do. I do miss his harassment and his sort of uh, snipey comments towards me and all that kind of stuff, you know? It, it, I do miss it. I miss it. Um, I, I'm so glad it, to be a second choice. That's right, that's right. No, you were 15th, I told you that at the beginning of the show. You're not listening. Um, So, yes, thank you, Rob. It's very kind of you to... It's been good. You've kept it real, man. Kept it real this week. Real. None of that stupid stuff. Yeah, stupid stuff when Chinny's here. Kept it real, real quiet. Yeah, that's it. Uh, No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, And I'd like to shout out all the people who would have normally listened to us live on Twitch who couldn't this week because Chinny is the person who sorts that out. So. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> so Deal apologies to all We're not people. your monkeys to just dance around whenever you want to see. We'll be back next week. We're really sorry. We'll be back on Twitch yeah. next week. We will. This, this could have been uh, your Twitch debut. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh-huh. Well, I don't know. Yeah, no, yeah, I've still not done that, have I? Um, 
I just don't get time. I just don't have time to do it. You know, stuff. It's just shit happens. You got uh, a million other things. I know. I've got a million other things to do. It, I mean, uh, here's the thing. The reason I don't do it more is because it is a performance, and I don't, I often feel like just playing a game, especially when school starts up. I'll be really feeling like this because it does start up on Tuesday. So brace yourselves. Ah, but ah, but. It's it's a performance, and I often don't want that when I'm ready to play a game. I just want to play, not necessarily be on. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I will get round to it eventually. I'm not sure when that will be, but at some point in time, I know I will do something. Uh, and that's kind of it. So we do need to get the shit out of here, really. Let's just go. Time to go, people. Thanks. Bye, 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 bye. Thank bye you, everybody. Bye, Rob. Say bye, bye, Rob. Bye, bye, Rob. Hey. That's quite an experience to hear that live. Yeah. Which, which bit? <laughs> Do it live. <laughs> oh, my goodness me. Um, hey, not long till Eurogamer now, Rob. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It should be good. When is yeah. that? Uh, 27th and 28th of September. Yeah. I think we're just about everyone's staying in different hotels, aren't we? Well, we're back in the, whatever it was, the Passion Beaver, Get It Up the Beaver <laughs> place. I can't. Um, I'm I'm not sure where it is we're staying, but I don't think it's the same as where Bongo's staying. Yeah, Bongo always stays in some posh hotel somewhere. You know, he doesn't he doesn't slummy. He's he's going five star all the way, baby. I think ours is four star. There you go. Ooh, you, you are all too bloody posh for the beaver. Well, I think I think ours well, actually cost less than yours. <laughs> yeah, probably bloody did. Well, you didn't tell me, did you? to that dumb name, Stu. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's only so I can make jokes about being in the beaver. That's yeah. part of the reason we didn't go there is um, because I didn't want to go there because of the amount of complaining you did about it last time. I didn't complain. I thought it was all right with Chinny you were moaning. Was was this not the one that didn't have the double glazing then? Oh, that was a... No, 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 no. That's quite a while ago. Mm-hmm. No, no. I went... That, that was the very first year we went to Eurogamer when it was like... It was in a um, kind of a weird... Warehouse on the on the River Thames the very first time we ever went, and um, I went down. We went down. We only did. I, I think we only went down for the day. I'm sure we only spent one day there, and then we came back quite late at night. So we only got back to Wolverhampton about half ten. I thought rather than drive home on the Saturday night really late, I'll stop. You know, I'll go a cheap hotel stopover and drive back on Sunday morning, and. Chinny, there was this hotel sort of near the bus station in Wolverhampton, and I said, is this any good? And he went, yeah, yeah, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And it was just horrific, and it was freezing cold, because it was in October, I'm sure it was a bit later in the year, and it was really, really cold. And uh, there were, like, ice on the inside of the windows, and it sounded like someone was killing someone on the bus station outside, and I I was just terrified for my life. And when oh, I came down there, one of those morning, people doesn't like to live near a murderous bus station, huh? Absolutely. Ooh, and then I, I came down in the morning. You right? a diva. I know. And I've never seen so many grey heads. And it was like a scrum to get anything for breakfast because of all the old people who were like fighting you off and poking you with the walking sticks. 
That sounds like an horrific. awesome hotel. What's your problem? It was it was horrendous. Yeah, I looked at really you and murder at the bus stop. I looked at the beaver yeah. on uh, TripAdvisor, and pretty much everyone, the only good thing they had to say about it was the closeness to uh, the Earl's Court. And then it wasn't that. And then, honestly, and then you, I th- was, did I send you that um, the review that yeah, someone gave about just someone just getting the shits? It wasn't that bad. <laughs> it really wasn't that bad. It was all right. For what it was, it was a bed, you know, and it's about 50 quid each, you know, so it's not a crazy amount of money. It's all right. It's, you know what I mean? It does what it says on the tin. And you get some weird cooked breakfast in the morning. When we went last year, you got like one little piece of parsley on top of some weird reason. Oh, a piece of parsley, sweet. Absolutely. Sounds Absolutely. awesome. It were all right for what it was. <laughs> Um, so yes, I'm looking forward to that. It's not too long away now, and you know we'll be uh, meeting up with everybody down there and having a grin, getting drunk, no doubt. Oh yeah, and uh, playing loads of cool games. Um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens, I guess. Oh yeah, who who knows? Who knows what's going to be happening? Evolve's apparently been confirmed as well. There now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I'm not sure whether it's playable or they're just doing a playable demo. I don't well, know. The, is that not the same thing? No, I think they might be demoing it as opposed to you being able to play it. I think they've, they've had playable versions in different places. So yeah, yeah. Be. so we might be able to play it. Who knows? So that should be kind of cool. Right, we need to get the hell out of here, don't we? So uh, I guess it really is now time to go. Yes, so thanks, uh, again, everybody. Thanks, Rob. Yeah, thank you, Rob, and thank you again for everybody who listens every week. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.